What's up, everybody? It is Friday, October 1st. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat had to get out of here to catch a plane for Friday Night Smackdown tonight at 8 o'clock on Fox, live in Baltimore. But it's a feel-good Friday. Ian Rappaport stops by for his weekly wrap-up. Coach JB, obviously. Joel Petonio, guard for the Cleveland Browns. And Pat and A.J. Hawk go through the entire slate of games this weekend in the NFL. It's a good show. Let's get to it. Last night, there was an opportunity presented. Last night, I had a chance to potentially take $8 million plus from FanDuel last night. Jesus. 43,000 or 44,000 people tailing our same game parlay. It would have cost FanDuel, I got a text this morning, over $8 million. Damn. And in the first half, they had us, okay? Uh In the first half, it did not look great, all right? Although Trevor Lawrence was running well, check, very early in the game. And Joe Burrow seemed to be slinging the ball all over the yard, although they weren't scoring. That's going to be a check. He threw for the over in one half last night. Felt like that was going to happen that we needed in there. Joe Mixon got a half an inch away from scoring a touchdown. They rule him down. Old Joe Burrow calls his own number. They rule him down after a commercial break celebration. Mixon scores Uh the touchdown. Check. Here we go. Mixon starts rolling. They start feeding him. Even when they were down 14, they kept going. Check. Here we go. Everything seemed to be rolling. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to have to come back and win. And although A.J. Hawk, who's the hottest against the spread on earth, said Jaguars plus seven and a half, there was very easily, and we talked about it yesterday, a way that we could both win there with the Bengals winning from an Evan McPherson field goal. That kid is a stud. And the only one on this entire thing that I thought was a home run Mm -hmm. bet, national television, Joe Burrow, who is a stud, who has the it factor, is very competitive. Ohio guy, thinks he, I think he takes a lot of pride in representing Cincinnati, which Cincinnati Bengals need that at quarterback because we do know how the food and the thing is. Yeah. Every oh, day. yeah. And I thought for sure he would throw the ball to Jamar Chase in the end zone because Jamar Chase obviously was picked because Joe Burrow said, hey, this is the guy I would like on my team. Even though Joe Burrow is very young, it has paid off for them in the very short run that they've had together. And although Jamar Chase was targeted a lot and got a lot of big-time yards, for whatever reason, he was not able to find the pay dirt. For whatever reason, he was not able to find the paint. For whatever reason, he was not able to find the zone that would have gave us $8.5 million for Fandle. God damn. I had a lot of people dancing on my grave in the first half of that game yesterday. Then they got a little bit quiet as the second half happened, and then immediately after the game goes, they start talking about, oh, that's why, that's why, uh, that's why whenever Pat picks a bet, you, you go against every single pick. Well, you would have won fucking two and five last night. <laughs> huh? How about that? Okay, how about that? So you're dancing on my grave and you lost, but not as much as we all lost from getting an opportunity to take that from FanDuel. And I would like to let everybody know, okay, that I loved that game last night. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was spectacular to watch the nuances of not only Trevor Lawrence, who much more athletic than we do. Yeah. 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 He's a good athlete. He's six foot six. 
he flies around. He's a competitor. I think he, I saw some passion. I saw a let's fucking go, I think, to uh, one of his offensive linemen. There was a pat on the back. I loved watching Trevor Lawrence play football last night. It feels like Agnew, the kick six heartbreaker for the brand of last week, is an explosive, incredible player. He got his feet down. But what I enjoyed most, I think we're all on the same page here, watching Urban Meyer. Through that entire game. Back in Ohio. I didn't know he went to the University of Cincinnati. He graduated from the University of Cincinnati. This was a homecoming, especially to the state of Ohio, in which he's won a lot for and is beloved. Going back to Cincinnati, there was a couple moments I thought he was going to quit right there on the sideline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've seen this one before. (laughs) Two different jobs, haven't we? I mean, we've seen Uh that one. Yeah. Maybe three, four different jobs. We've seen that one right there. And I want to let everybody know that I think our mischaracterization of Urban Meyer. Retiring from jobs and opportune times for him and, and maybe inopportune, whatever the case, retiring from jobs, leaving jobs. And it's always been something and we've always judged him for it, I think, in a negative way. I honestly believe Urban Meyer's just fucking that passionate about his team, mm-hmm. that passionate about his players. I think he is genuinely heartbroken over the loss to Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals last night. He talked about it. He said, hey, we got a lot of good guys in that locker room, all right? There are a lot of heartbroken guys in there. Mm-hmm. He seemed heartbroken. He was asked about a play in the first half. He's like, I, I don't even know what happened. Was, <laughs> yeah. My head's spinning right now. My God. I enjoyed watching Urban Meyer. I enjoyed watching that game last night. I think it's because it was my first time really getting to see Trevor Urban in the NFL, and it was something that I'd been big fans of theirs and uh, well, big fan of Trevor. Not always the biggest fan of Urban. He did come out sure. and talk shit at me at one point for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No reason at all, by the way. Just took a shot at me out of nowhere. So I had to respond. We have gotten over it and passed it. But I enjoyed the game because it was a great football game. Yeah. It was. Shout out to Ooze, the tight end, scoring two tights. Yeah. Shout, Shout out to Evan McPherson. Shout out to Joe Mixon getting going. And also Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor got a win on primetime television last night as a coach. We didn't know that was possible. No uh, way. We had no idea that this guy was going to be able to accomplish that. I, I honestly... I think a lot of us, and maybe not the Bengals fans, so shout out to the Bengals fans uh, supporting and having the back of their coach, but there was not a lot to say that that guy should have kept his job for as long as he kept his job, other than the fact that the Bengals ownership maybe didn't want to have to pay two different coaches because the contract said it would last a little bit longer. He got hired in the middle of that McVeigh run. Remember when McVeigh had success, then it was like, oh, this dude, maybe high five Sean McVeigh at the coaching event in this mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. They, he got a head coach. And, oh, my God, this guy, though, swam in the same – you saw in Hard Knocks that pool, he swam in the same fucking pool as McVeigh. Oh, he got a job. Zach Taylor was one of those. Young, upstart, super smart offensive coaches got it, and they never fucking won. I mean, never. They did not win. He was bad. That team was bad, and we didn't fully understand it. We felt bad for the Bengals fans. We felt bad for Houday Nation, but on the other side, why wasn't anybody asking, like, is this guy supposed to be a fucking head coach? Like, is Zach Taylor supposed to be a head coach in the NFL? There are people that get hired in the wrong positions all the time. The Peter Principle is something that happens in all walks of life. It was most accurately portrayed when old you know, Steve Carell in the office. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. He was a great salesman. Great mm-hmm. all the way oh, up yeah. there. Put him in a position of power, obviously. A comedy of airs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That happens in coaching as well. It happens in your business probably everywhere. People get hired that were great at something else. They get hired to more power in a position that is not exactly anywhere near what they were actually good at. I mean, we're seeing it all over the place. It happens all the time. It makes no sense. And sometimes it hits, but sometimes it doesn't. And you just kind of got to weigh that terrible mistake for a long time. And I think in some places you even like the person, but it's like, hey, you stink at this. Like, you were great here. You stink at this. I was asking that about Zach Taylor. Like, hey, maybe 
Zach Taylor is a great offensive guru. Maybe he is great at coaching in, in a position group or a coordinator or something like that. But it, this guy seems to stink as a head coach. And nobody's talking about it because it's Cincinnati. Yeah. Right. And I talked about it, and then Cincinnati people got mad at me, and I'm like, hey, this is something you guys should be talking about. Like the indoor practice facility. Oh, That's man. something their fans should be talking Their fans get mad at me for bringing this yeah. up because it's like a, it's, it is a knock on your – if you watch any other place in what they're investing in the team, your team is going to have – now, granted, they might have the guys to do it. They had it in the back in the day whenever they had Pac-Man, and uh, I believe A.J. Hawk was on that team. Uh -huh. yep. that, they had a, a great group there that was able to go through. And I'm not saying the indoor practice facility is the end-all, be-all, but if they don't have an indoor practice facility, imagine the other shit that is not available that is probably in every other building that is trying to build cities – not just yeah. have a stadium. Every other building is trying to build cities. So I just thought, you know, maybe this guy shouldn't be a head coach. He gets a massive win. Uh, the handshake with Urban Meyer afterwards, it's probably nice for Zach to be on that side of it. You know, I'm sure yeah, Zach almost right. wanted to say, like, hey, there is better days. By the way, for me, it's right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then just see Good luck. What a game. I enjoyed the hell out of the Thursday night football game, aside from the fact that Jamar Chase did not get in the end zone, and we weren't able to take over $8 million in a risk-free bet from FanDuel. That would have been fucking glorious. That would have been beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Today's victory lap would have been oh, incredible. Man. It would have carried right into SmackDown tonight in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this victory lap would have carried. I probably would have tried to put another same-game parlay together for, like, maybe college football. Maybe, like, hey, I would have been like, hey, I'm hot. We <laughs> need go, to do it. Rolling. Uh, but now I have to kind of have my tail between my legs because it didn't hit, but hopefully the next one will. At Ty Schmidt, your thoughts on last night? Uh, first half, very boring. Very, very boring. Yeah. And I, I, I did almost fall asleep. I'm glad I came back around it because Joe Burrow is very, very fun to watch. And like I said yesterday, like, I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked great too, but like, it's just really fun. Watch. When that offense is going, they are very, very fun to watch. Yeah. Still, though, that was the first time in his career he's won back to back games. So I don't know if, like, the Zach Taylor stuff. I mean, he's still very well. Was it stink. four, year four, year three? Year three, I think, right? Year three? Uh, I thought it was, didn't he? Wasn't he the one Was he a rookie last, last year? year? Yeah. No, 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 no. Zach no, Taylor's no. been around three. Yeah. This is three years. That's oh, why. Zach Taylor, not. Burrow, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Zach Taylor. Yeah. I don't know if you're talking about Joey Burrow. Were you talking about Zach Taylor there? Well, I mean, in Burrow's career, I mean, and they stunk. They got the first pick. You know, so yeah. like he definitely did. I don't think he won two in a row that year. So I don't know if he he is the guy necessarily. It's good that they're winning and looking good. But with Urban, like it's it's nice that he is like that passionate and everything. But like, isn't it like that? This is his fault completely. It's like, well, hey, you got to set that expectation when you go in. Did he think they were going to win like thirteen games this year? Uh, Trevor like Lawrence, he's a moron. Trevor he, Lawrence has lost more games in the NFL than he lost in his entire high school yeah. and college career. Yeah. Saw that eighty times last. Hey, line yeah. it up. By the way, everybody that makes it in the NFL that's drafted in uh, the top ten picks was probably good enough to lead their team or carry their team in lower levels to a much higher success rate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's just, I assume that can be said a lot. But that has become a story because it's not just Trevor Lawrence. It's also Urban Meyer who is, I guess, never lost. Like, that Bowling Green, did he never lose? So as soon as Urban Meyer became a coach, they just won? Like, yeah. is that something that actually happened? Mm -hmm. What a fucking run. I, I understand why he would potentially get... You know, to the point where his anxiety level would be so bad that his entire body would stop functioning <laughs> as a coach because it's like the expectations are, I have never lost in my life. What a wild fucking thing. And if that is how he views it as soon as getting in, I've won. 
High school, Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, what? fucking on Fox. I was crushing, dude. Yeah, big time was <laughs> no sky big, high. Yeah, no big deal, dude. I'll fucking come right in here. We'll turn this whole thing around. Look at, look at these stupid coaches up here in the end. Like, is that what he was thinking? Or it, His two years of Bowling Green, he was 8-3 and three and 9-3. and three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Never lost four in a season. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And they might lose 15. Tw- yeah, 15, 16 games. I don't think year. so. All right, watching that game last night, I I disagreed with you there for 15, but then I remembered what I was telling myself while watching that game last night. Like, oh, this team is not as terrible as maybe like some other teams we have seen around the NFL. Mm -hmm. And we had not, I think that was a lot of people's, not just ours, although we are in the sports media world, I do try to see everything. Hell yeah. Only have so many TVs, though, for a good environment. That's right. Smart. You know what I mean? Yeah, reducing yeah, your carbon footprint. Bingo. Don't want to do that. If I wanted to have you know enough TVs to watch every single game, including Jacksonville Jaguars games yeah. every weekend, I mean, imagine what I'd be doing to fucking Ozone. Crushing it. Yeah. Anyways, I've not seen a single game of theirs. <laughs> okay, I watch like I've seen, I've seen highlights. Mm-hmm, I've sure. seen lowlights. I've seen like a quick clip of their game summarized, but I had not watched an entire game. I think the team is not that far away. Now, every NFL team is not that far away because you're dealing with professional athletes. You're dealing with NFL players that have been, you know, combed through and selected by whoever. Even if you have a couple bad people, you're going to get some good players. So every team, and I've said this before, the year that we won 2-14, I th- I, there was a lot of games that it was one-score games that we could have won. But for whatever reason, we just couldn't do it. And I think it was because Peyton Manning potentially had a, a broken fucking neck. Could uh-huh. be. Uh-huh. I think. <laughs> I think that is potentially <laughs> why. But, you know, before with that roster, when Peyton, you know, was playing, winning his decade in NFL history, then as soon as Peyton's out and he's hurt, whatever, we almost go completely defeated. We're literally two or three years, two years removed from almost going completely undefeated and only losing until we chose, when we chose to lose, to just a couple of years later, completely defeated until Dan Orlovsky, who. Uh oh. <laughs> I think he's going to take it on shins today from our first guest. He might. I think he's going to potentially he take will. it on shins from our first guest. But Dan Orlovsky, friend of ours. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've told Dan, hey, sometimes you say some stuff, you know. Easy, Dan. Pipe down. But we love Dan. That's going to happen whenever you're on literally every show on ESPN. Right. Dan Orlovsky's live just as long as us every single day on seven different shows on ESPN <laughs> from his basement. Yeah, And exactly. then in studio as well. But Dan Orlovsky came in and won us two games. You know, and that almost ruined everything. But it, it is crazy how you can have a good team and still not win games in the NFL for whatever reason. How long will it take for that team to get the, I don't want to say the momentum, but the, the it fact, the winningness, the grit, whatever it is at the end of the game to get the game on their side and for them to win? Because I forget what it is. The parody of the NFL is always talked about, although we have seen some blowouts and everything like that. I think... Uh, a couple years ago, I think, whenever I saw the stat, I'm an old man now. It was like 80% of the games or something are one-score games, or 85% Damn. of the games are like one-score games or something like that. So you literally, you can get, you can get wins even if you're a bad team. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching them last night thinking like, oh, this team feels like they're going to at least win a couple games. You know, like it wasn't what we said there right. about them potentially going completely defeated. But I thought they looked better than I thought. But Urban Meyer much more distraught than I could have ever expected afterwards. Is that a self-handicapping for whenever he oh. potentially says, I can't. I, hey, I it's too much. His heart hurts. It's too so much. much. Or is he legitimately all in and like pissed and like can't wait to turn this thing around? I don't know. At Boston Connor, uh, as a guy who has, you know, seen now 
both ends of the spectrum sure. when you're a team. So you know what I mean? Yeah, when yeah, your yeah. team yeah. is Absolutely. at the top and then, you know, when it has a losing season, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a chance to experience both of those. The Jacksonville Jaguars fans, they can't expect Urban Meyer to be great this year, right? No way. There's no way they're expecting that. Now in Cincinnati, do you think they're potentially setting themselves up for like, uh, oh my God, this is going to come crashing down. We're getting too excited. Or do you think the Bengals with Joey Burrow, with that it factor, with Cincinnati behind him, with who? Do you think the Cincinnati Bengals are for real? They just beat the Steelers, obviously. Uh They win a game in overtime. They're opening week. They have that winning, hey, they have that sure. winning factor that they seem to always those close games. The Bengals are winning. That's a big conversation piece. Are the Bengals all the way back? To uh, I'd say absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I was much. I definitely going into the game thought the Bengals were much better than they were, and oh. thought the Jags were much worse than they were. I thought the Jags, if anything, looked better than what a lot of people expected them to look like. Trevor Lawrence is very good at football, and yes. and being on a rookie contract for the next five years, I feel like they will be able to. Four, build they that won't team be able up. to keep that thing five. Yeah, like you can't do the fifth year option with the guy. But you could, but. But there's no way if he's a if he does anything good, Con will that thing will get extended. Yeah. Seal him up yeah, right he away. He won't get into his fifth year. Just give him the ten year. Yeah, give they, him the Mahomes. I would assume that would be because you know you got to think about the Con family down there that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've gone in there. They've invested a lot of money now. Yeah, they've invested a lot of money. They've owned a team. I think they are invested. Like actual, I think their offices are there as opposed to they have a bunch of other teams as well. Like I think they're fully invested in there. If you finally get a quarterback that has brought you some success or whatever, now yeah. he's going to have to win some games and they're going to have to turn mm-hmm. that place around. They got here the Jets later. Yeah, but I'm just saying the next three years are going to have to do that. But I assume that's going to there. Would no way though. Like Derek Carr playing in his last year right now is a, insane to think. Why? About. Yeah. That is very insane to think about. And also, I guess you could. Say Say, you know, Aaron's kind of playing. Well, we'll see. I mean, is it? It's not a done deal yet. No, no, it's not. Again, I guess he loves. He loved going back to Lambeau. Yeah, loves the fans. Yeah, but let's not forget the uh, IG post that him and Devontae Adams did before. Last dance. We can't forget that. that. Yeah, but that might have been about Devontae though. That might have been about. They both posted. If Aaron's staying, we need him to stay too. He can't let that guy go either. And if Aaron leaves, by the way, that guy's leaving. Yeah, yeah. That's probably going to the Raiders to buy so we'll a car. Yeah. So you're you were mightily impressed by the Jaguars. So me too. Absolutely. I mean, the Bengals were missing a couple guys, like uh, the Bates dude, yep, the safety Jesse they Bates, got. Yeah. yeah, Jesse Bates. He's apparently a stud. He's one of their better players on defense, which is probably why. I mean, Jimmy Robinson looked amazing yeah. too. He was running all over the place. I mean, we went into this game thinking though that. The Jaguars were the worst football Blowout. team. Blowout. Oh, yeah. I was expecting the Bangles to win like 38 to 10. Like, See, and look what we did, Urban. This is the same expectation that Urban should have. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, he can't necessarily do that, but I think he – I did not know he had never lost more than three games in his entire coaching career, even when he just began at Bowling Green or whatever. But if he went in there with expectations of winning a bunch of games, I think that is mightily short-sighted, but I do believe this is potentially going to motivate him to get back into winning. I think that if he doesn't leave – and, you know, they don't have to do a full turnover. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think maybe that team's able to do some shit. Yeah, you know, I, they answered. Trevor Lawrence answered last night a couple times. Like, yeah. I think that's a big deal. I mean, if people give him shit all the time for, like, the hard stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. But if Us. he Well, yeah, definitely. And, you know, you have to. I mean, that's just the way it goes. But if he legitimately is putting these expectations on and he's feeling like, like he might have... He might kill himself. He, he might, might have, have a fucking heart attack. Bingo. Like that fucks with you big time. The ulcers, probably. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't I'm even sure imagine. His stomach hurts all the time. <laughs> always has chest pain. Like, hey, watch the interview after the game where he talks about how heartbroken the guys are and Wild. how good he. 
They ask him about a, oh, my head spinner right now just because how heartbroken I am. Yo, it's week four, dude. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you still got 13 way more to go. weeks. Strap in, You dude. got 13 more weeks, sir. Like, hey, there is no pity parties, and they do not care because guess what? Next week, it does not matter what you did against Cincinnati. Whoever you're playing will be trying to beat you 65, 70, yeah. nothing if yeah. they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is an actuality. And I believe it's the Finns, and the Finns are a or Titans then the Well, the Titans. Yikes. Jesus. That's, I mean, that's not good. Yeah. That's a division game. But yeah. also, um, maybe Jacksonville finds a way to win. Maybe this Thursday night game, say Urban can, you know, get over the heartbreak and say, Hey, listen, we're all upset. Mm-hmm. I almost had a heart attack. I got four ulcers. Okay, we're all broken, but we got 13 more games, and I think we proved to ourselves and to everybody that we can play with anybody. That Cincinnati Bengals team, guess who they just beat a week ago? Fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. How about that? We just went into their house on prime time and did that on a short week. I think that's the message. Maybe they'll be able to do it. But I think if you're, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, it used to be the king of the north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati's got a team, Tone Diggs. Cincinnati's got a squad. They beat you last week, obviously. Cleveland's got a squad. Uh, Absolutely. The Ravens Ravens have an an alien as a quarterback, Mm -hmm. an anomaly, who I guess is back, is hurt a little bit, and they do have a uh, machine-kicking field goals, an actual machine-kicking them balls, uh, obviously there. But the AFC North, everybody's talking about AFC West, NFC West, or whatever. What if the AFC North's got some squads out here? Oh, yeah. You know, it's hot in the kitchen. But the Bengals will never win with Zach Taylor as their head coach that buffoon is Whoa. never gonna talk. okay so fourth and one on his own 29 up two scores against the minnesota vikings a couple weeks mm-hmm. back whenever they inevitably get the win but the vikings come back force that into overtime because of that decision then last night uh you know, very close down there. Uh, the the oh, that was the Jacksonville Jaguars that made that decision. Uh, get not get it, not get into three scores, kicking the field goal or whatever. Yep. The aggressive decisions is why you think Zach Taylor or Urban Meyer are uh, not going to ever win. Well, that and his his game plans are are never good. I mean, why Jesus. against the worst pass defense in the league, you decided to run Joe Mixon up the middle like eighteen times in a row, and then like, oh hey, maybe if we just pass with Joe Burrow, this is going to work out, and then he goes over three hundred, and they come back and win. And you know, but that's just when when you've uh, been a ball boy your entire career for Sean McVay, and then you get a head coaching job. What do you expect? <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about the guy that Diggs just, I mean, executed. Yeah, on the air right here. Guillotine right Big, after a win. Biggest win of his career. Right after a win on prime time. Unbelievable, and the guy that went into Pittsburgh and beat his team yeah. last week, but. There is cause for concern going into the season on Zach Taylor's potential resume here. First year as Cincinnati head coach, he went 2-14. and 14. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second year in 2020 as Cincinnati Bengals head coach, he went 4-11-1. and one. Yep. Okay. And then now, obviously, 3-1, and one, how you doing? Keep him moving. Last year, Joe Burrow gets hurt. That probably changes a lot of things, especially after watching Joe Burrow to his point throw for over 300 and have an incredible second half whenever they kind of let the reins off that guy and let him throw it around. I mean, he probably helps it. I don't know how the team was in 2019. Let's assume Not it wasn't as fantastic. Yeah, no. I think that was whenever they uh, cut Andy Dalton. Yeah, ran him out of town. Yeah, benched him on his birthday. Him on his birthday. <laughs> yeah. yep. And on uh, two hours after the trade deadline. That's right. Or something yep. like that, which is also his birthday. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was that year. Uh, so maybe things are turning around, Cincy. But if you're, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
I mean, this is a tough division to be staring down right now, especially in the middle of maybe some turnover, right? Maybe some turnover. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. Tomlin. Obviously, Tomlin's good forever. But the offensive coordinator position, mm -hmm. the defense is turning. I mean, there is a lot. What are you going to do with Hayden? And, and yeah. I mean, there's there's Make a lot. A I mean, what's going on? Like, is everything okay in Pittsburgh, dude? I, I, I'm seeing a lot of articles still about Aaron Rodgers being uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. Whoa. Is that because everybody in Pittsburgh is looking around? There's a picture. There's a picture <laughs> of Aaron uh, looking like Terry Bradshaw back in the day rocking the Steelers 12 AR 12 as a Pittsburgh Steeler that is awesome. that is what's going on in the city of Pittsburgh and the Yahoo article is about it now that's going it was literally it led off morning news and evening news his compliment about Pittsburgh is that because you guys are staring around the AFC North, and you're like, man, are we about to get passed in our division? Is that why this is all happening? Or Probably what? not, but even if it does happen this year, the last time that they had a losing season was the year that they, before they drafted Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. So if it is a losing season this year, they'll just draft someone this offseason, and then they'll be 15-1 and one again next year like Ooh. they were with Ben. All right. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know when Ben, Benjamin. Todd Roethlisberger. Todd, Todd Roethlisberger, when he came in, I don't know if there was – a good you defense. know, Baker Mayfield running oh, oh, yeah. with well, a defense over there. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? TBD. Who knows? Who knows? Who TB, running TB. back for a quarterback in Baltimore. Uh, and that's what, hey, Buffoon he's great at it, though. And, and then Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know if that's when. Carson Palmer. They had the first overall pick, the Heisman winner. Hey, Benja Benjamin Todd uh, Roethlisberger saw Carson Palmer going through it over there in Cincinnati, by the way, and said, thank God I'm in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that maybe changed how Cincinnati had to operate, actually, Carson Palmer, whenever he said, you know what? I'll fucking quit. <laughs> yeah. I ain't playing here anymore. I'm done with it. Nachos, hot dogs for lunch. Come on. I got I got to go practice on a parking lot of our stadium. I'm fucking done. This is not NFL football. I will quit. And then he almost did. Mm -hmm. And then they traded him to Oakland, and then he ended up in Arizona. Had two careers, basically. Yeah. One in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. then one from there on. But I think that's when Cincinnati said, we got to change some things. And maybe a couple years after that, you know, when, when James Harrison joined him and such, uh, maybe that's when they stopped serving hot dogs and uh, sloppy joes okay. and the nachos sure. and the... Uh, you know what I mean? 87 octane you're putting in the Ferraris, I believe, is how James Harrison. So maybe the Carson Palmer situation did change the Cincinnati Bengals' entire organization. But I think right now the AFC North should be in a conversation of like, hey, divisions. They're going to potentially go. The Bengals They're, look good. They look good. What is that? Is that a, is that a mission of guilt? That Yeah, maybe that. you are. Hey, I'm, a, I'm objective. I see. I watch the games. They look good. Hey, Joe Burrow looks like a player. Bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Missing on T. Higgins, too. They got a great offense. All right, let's get to a break. And then on the other side, uh, we'll talk to Coach JB about college football, his bets. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I'm sure he'll say some more things yep. that'll. Dano. Rat and Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. <laughs> I should text Orlovsky and say, hey, the opinions, just like yours on my show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like when you're on my show. And just like the boys on the show. That's right. The opinions of others that may, might get projected. Retweets <laughs> do not necessarily mean agreement. No. Not at all. Okay. Just because they're talking about this on the show, we like to get, you know, other voices. That's yeah. a good part of the show, by I the way. To. Feels oh, yeah. like a lot of people get represented. Now, Orlovsky has done that on this show. Sure. And I do believe JB has had his eyes on Dan Orlovsky all week. Mm -hmm. uh, all week, quite some time now. All year. Quite some time now. I mean, I think Coach JB is not necessarily as appreciative of the, hey, Nagy should be fired today. <laughs> yeah, doesn't love that. Thing. As Chicago Bears fans are. Right. Because as a coach, yeah, they, see, there's fans because the coach knows that all Orlovsky was doing was doing what he was just doing to the yep. Bears fans 
Uh, even though he might not have meant to do that as such, maybe he was just looking out for Justin Fields, which led to a conversation that Justin Fields should be forcing his way out of Chicago. What? We are entering week four of his rookie season. <laughs> yeah. All right, just something to think about. So that's probably where Coach JB's at. Then we'll also ask him for his bets. Yeah, I think he did win some bets this past oh, week. Oh, yeah. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes... It's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. I get it. <laughs> that is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Dave <laughs> Population, you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the medication. Free two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Joining us now is a guy that we all like. Oh. Yeah, this guy refused to answer our call whenever he was live on NFL Network yesterday for oh, whatever reason, but mm. it is amazing to have him today, and I may or may not have forgotten completely about a weekly segment that we, you know, have really gotten into these days. On Thursdays, it's normally the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely forgot to text him and ask him if he wanted to continue to do that. He did his entire job. We fucked up completely, but to make... Up for that, a delayed weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, ladies and gentlemen, of the NFL Network and NFL.com, Ian Rappaport. What's up, dude? Hey, sorry about yesterday, man. Completely forgot you existed. What's that all about? Uh, Honestly, hurtful. Uh, I want to say one thing first. So I'm wearing AirPods, as I always do. Um, They're not connected to the Bluetooth, so this is just a fashion statement. Um, can you guys hear me okay? You do sound good. Yeah, and I, I feel like a lot of you TV people do that, by the way. There's been a new trend of one AirPod in. Yeah. And, and I, I like, do they have a producer in one ear in their AirPod that is attached somewhere? That's incredible if that's the case. You do look cool, though. Those aren't the new ones, I don't think, but you do these look are, cool. No, these are the pros. These are the ones where I have noise canceling, so someone could come in here, and even if I'm not on the, like, let's say my lovely wife, who I love very much, comes in here with some, like, nonsense to talk about um i can be like and then 
I can't hear. They're noise canceling. What am I going to do? I got, I'm not going to take them out. So I just can't hear you. Hey, and Apple's yeah. been doing the marketing for you that that is a legit excuse. You know, they've been pumping hard that these are the most noise canceling, canceling devices in the history of noise canceling devices. So whenever she comes in, in your words, with nonsense, when my wife would come in with incredibly meaningful conversation mm. about something I'm not normally interested in, if I have those in, I think she understands as well. You know what I mean? You're a terrible husband, by the way, I just realized. No, my wife doesn't. I'm saying other wives have nonsense. Oh, my yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's yeah, smart. always very important stuff. That's, that's you know, intellectually challenging and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, things that matter in the world as opposed to what we normally uh, drum in, which is strictly football. Hey, football, let's, talk about, football. let's talk about a little football, Ian Rappaport. This week, uh, Gronk and Jason Pierre-Paul have returned to practice today. That's massive news for the Sunday Night Football Affair. Was that ever in question that they weren't going to be back? I assumed that Gronk was never going to miss this game. I might have been wrong, though. Was there a question at all? No, I think Gronk was always going to play. And, you know, he took a really, really hard shot kind of right to the side, which you worry about ribs and then you worry about some other internal stuff. Uh, Gronk returned to the game. Usually that's a good sign. And, you know, Bruce Arians said after the game it was all negative. So that's good. Um, He was definitely going to play. JPP I'm not so sure about because he missed all of last week. It's just one Friday practice. You know, you don't do a lot. And it's a shoulder that's kind of dealing with some weakness. So I'm not, maybe he's going to play, but I'm not so sure about that one yet. Um, To miss a week and then only come back Friday and then play Sunday is pretty challenging. But he's also kind of a different dude. So he might just be like, biggest regular season game of the season. I'm just going to like, you know, put some dirt on it and play. Like he's that type of guy. So. Uh, we'll kind of see about his status. I heard one coach actually tell a player to spit on it and put a band-aid. What are you going to the fucking trainer for in the NFL? <laughs> that was awesome. I've never heard something as savage as that at a level that I never thought I would hear it. But he literally told him to <laughs> spit on it. it was, he was 100% serious, by the way. But And did the guy play or no? No, the guy actually went to the trainer and it turned out he had like a broken something. Or <laughs> yeah, he was in a bad spot. But the coach wanted him to play. And everybody understands how the coaches feel. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. That's football. Uh, that game being the biggest regular season game of the season, I think this is a game that's going to be talked about forever, right? This is a game that's going to be talked about forever. I think everybody knows that. I think the marketing behind it by Sunday Night Football has been fucking unbelievable. That hello video has caused <laughs> us to sing to Connor a couple different times. I mean, it is it is massive. What is How is the league view? What are the conversations happening behind the closed doors about this? I guess ticket prices are like 1300 bucks, 1200 bucks a pop to get in there right now. Has the league talked about this? Are they excited about this? What is your feeling around the league? Uh, so, you know, a lot of what I do on Thursday, Friday is to try to come up with stories for Sunday. So I call around the league. I talk to the coaches I know, GMs, all that. Almost everyone has asked about, what do you think of Sunday night? Like, everyone. And not not that anyone has any, like, scoop or whatever. Not that anyone says, oh, I heard this. They just... Just want to talk about it. Um, that we haven't seen a regular season game like this in, I think, a long time. Maybe the only other one that I can kind of think of in recent memory um, was that Rams Chiefs game that was. Remember, it was supposed to be in Mexico. Then it was in. It was like a scoring fest. It was awesome. Yeah, me and that, Foxy were there. Yeah, we went to that. Yeah, we were at that game on the sideline. Wow. No big deal. Hey, don't awesome. worry about Look it. Look at you guys. Just went as fans. Uh no. Media wearing a jersey. Do you have which jersey you wearing? No, no I was on the sideline. Yeah. People wearing jerseys were coming to say hello to me. You met Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! Which uh, wow. Well. Yeah. Now, now a lot has come out. A lot has come out. 
Yeah, Foxy. I mean, Jesus Christ. But Ric Flair was there. Uh, Travis Kelsey also there. That was the first time me and Travis Kelsey had talked to each other in person. Johnny Hecker as well, the entire ESPN. I think I met Randy Moss that night as well. I mean, of course, your fucking Michigan brain would go dirtbag. What a scumbag. Anyways, geez, Louise. Anyways, with that being said. um, No, so, so this is one that I think everyone just like wants to talk about and wants to like analyze and it's not just the you know is Brady and Belichick gonna have a handshake at the end like I'm sure they will you know the relationship was like they're never best friends they have never been best friends but it was like the most successful professional relationship in the history of sports so like I am sure they're gonna have one of those hugs that or the handshake that turns into a hug kind of like you know and then the cameras will be around and I'm sure you know I'm sure it'll all be fine but I'm really curious about, like, Belichick has prepared for 20 years with Tom Brady. You know that if there's one person that knows how to beat him, it's Belichick. So, like, what is he going to do? What's the game plan going to be like? Like, how is he going to take everything he learned in those one-on-one Tuesday meetings with Brady and put it on the field? Like, that's what I'm excited about. You know what I love most is just your, you know, propaganda towards the NFL at all times. (laughs) Bill Belichick prepared with Tom Brady for 20 years. You know, so what will Tom Brady do against Bill Belichick's defense is how I would like to view that. You know, you're excited to see, obviously, what uh, the Patriots will do against the player or whatever. I'm excited to see what the player is going to do to the team. That's what I'm pumped up about. I'm more of a I think the difference here is I don't know if you've heard this, but a lot of times what coaches say is that defense wins championships. I being someone who would like to win a championship, more of a defense oriented guy. So that's kind of the prism through which I see it. You obviously no, you, know, you like to score points, which yeah. in the regular season, that's fine. Yeah, and I yeah. think people would say, you know, when we think of Ian Rapport, we think championship mentality. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. I, I think I that's agree. what a lot of people think. They think championship mentality. Yeah. Uh, that is absolutely the case. Around the league, have they given opinions on they think? Because it feels like the Buccaneers team is – you know, a couple levels ahead of what this Patriots team is. Is everybody assuming it's going to be a close game that you're talking to around the league, trying to get information out of, but all they want to talk about is Sunday Night Football, which is fascinating. What teams are these? Is this Frank Reich? He needs to be focusing on the fucking Colts. I don't need him worried about Sunday Night Football. But the conversations you're having, what? how do they think it pans out? And it, For instance, me as a former player, I would like to see Tom go in there and potentially win by 50. And that's no offense to the Patriots or anything, just as the player who has always wanted his uh, his say to matter, and then he gets it down in Tampa, wins the Super Bowl, now he's going back in there, kind of took a stand, right? This is just like Aaron Rodgers with Randall Cobb. Kind of took a stand. I would like to see him go in there and win by 50. Is that how the entire league thinks, or does everybody think that, like you, Bill is going to have some sweet shit to potentially run against Tom? Uh, I think a lot of people think it's going to be Bucks by a lot. I, I don't. I think it's going to be low-scoring defensive championship mentality. You know, yeah. chess and whatever. But uh, most people who are smarter at football than me think it's going to be Bucks by a lot, um, which would be interesting because then it's like it brings a whole other new stuff. And like, let's just say the Bucks are up by I don't know twenty in the fourth quarter. They keep going. They keep throwing. Yes. Pour it on. Like, it brings up yes. a lot oh, yeah. of questions. Uh, you know who the head coach is? Bruce Arians. You know what Bruce Arians did the Chicago Bears when he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals because the Chicago Bears decided not to hire him, and they brought in a Canadian coach? It was fourth quarter. They were up fuck 24, it. and fuck it. We are throwing the deep ball <laughs> to Larry Fitz with Carson Palmer. I think they did it like three straight plays and either scored or had to punt and still was going for it. It's just like with, B, it. with B.A. down there and with Tom – with that entire coaching staff, 
they're going in there trying to win by 60, which makes me even more believe that Bill has to know that. Like, Bill has to know that that's what's coming in, and he's greatest coach and greatest GM of all time. Let's assume he's ready. Let's talk about another place maybe won't be remembered as greatest coach and greatest GM of all time, or maybe, not 100% sure, Nagy and Pace in Chicago. Okay, this entire conversation around Fields, Dalton, now Foles, I think, is even in the conversation piece. The Arlington Heights thing is happening. Uh, that is 2033, allegedly. There's a lot going around. People are calling for Nagy's job on television. Whoa. Fans are calling for Nagy's job. Who Fine. knows? They averaged one yard, I think, passing the last week. What is going on in Chicago? Is there any rumblings on any massive changes potentially coming there? Yeah, I would say all of that is... All of that is kind of the landscape here in Chicago, and it's wild because, like, the record is not bad. They've been to the playoffs. They've been deep in the playoffs. Uh, their record is really, if you just only looked at the record, it's pretty good, but it's almost like they get zero credit for the last four years because the quarterback situation didn't pan out, and then, you know, everyone's excited about Justin Fields, then he plays, and he's not ready, which the Bears kind of told us he wasn't ready, even though they love him. They just... They think Andy Dalton is the better quarterback right now to be ready for this football team. So it's not like a total surprise that Fields didn't look great. I think most people are frustrated with just the game plan, not getting him outside the tackle box, not letting him run, like just play to your player's strengths. So that's why, like, this week, you know, yes, like the rain is coming down on the Bears. Right, hard. People are hard. People are wondering about the job status of everyone there. So how do they adjust? Like, is it going to be a different play caller? Is Bill Lazor going to come in and call the plays? Does Andy Dalton, who's, you know, that bone bruise is not nothing. It's probably like a one- to three-week injury. So in my head, I thought he would miss two weeks. Does he come back a little early just to, like, solidify things and kind of try to get a win when they need it? Like, I just – there's – for a team that should be in a better position, this is a precarious one for the Bears. And I would also say this. Like, everyone talks about how rookie quarterbacks give – like under fire GMs and coaches legs. They give them a little extra rope. I'm not so sure that would work in this case. Like oh, it looks, it hey, looks there's a piece of news. There. There's yeah. a piece of news. There's a piece of news right there. Cause we thought once they were able to trade future picks away for a quarterback, that must've meant that they were good. They were comfortable no matter what, for the reasoning that you just said about the extra leash, you're able to trade some of the future for what we got right now. We know it's going to be a process, but you said it doesn't feel like that's the case. If they stink, they stink. They could potentially be out, even though they jeopardize the future with some of their picks. Well, I, I think it was an organizational decision to trade for Justin Fields. Like I know that, before they actually did it, um, they met with, you know, McCaskies and like all the higher ups to just discuss like what would George. happen if we yeah. got a chance. That's right. So it was more of an organizational decision because yeah. like, let's say everything collapses. Let's say there is a new coach next year. Whoever it is, is going to be hired to coach Justin Fields. Like he is the quarterback of the future regardless. Now, you know, you hope that it's Nagy and Pace. Um they certainly hope it is Nagy and Pace. Yeah, but know. if Fair it is sense. not, um, uh, then whoever's hired is going to be four fields to develop Justin Fields and build around him. Okay, so we're drafting quarterback that future coach and GM will have to like no matter what. Like, that is a fascinating decision. Who knows if it's going to work out? Justin Fields has proven at Ohio State he's an immense talent. Will he be able to do the same thing in the NFL? We hope so. Uh, last story here that I would like to ask about before the boys have some questions. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Old old weekly wrap-up yeah. with Rap Sheet and, and some of his friends. Yeah! yeah. Woo! Bad. Uh, Jake, Jake Laser, OG in the insider game. He, he actually... 
hung up his cowboy hat on the day-to-day inside breaking stuff and just only does Fox NFL Sunday. And Jake Glazer, good friend of ours, hashtag JNew. You've been on this very early talking about how Deshaun Watson, there are still people that are looking to trade for Deshaun Watson, even though there is 22 incredibly serious allegations happening outside the world of football. Uh, there are still conversations happening within the football world because he wanted out of Houston or whatever from the beginning. Uh, he came out and said that although the Houston Texans maybe were once not answering the phone whenever trades were happening or calls were happening, he said now they're open for business. They are looking to is a team going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Is that team going to be the Miami Dolphins or one of these other teams? And how does it look off the field with very serious allegations for him to actually play this year if a team was to trade for him? Well, a couple of things. First, like, the the Texans have been open to trading him. Like, I don't think, you know, really ever since probably early on in training camp, like, they have had, they had conversations, they had conversations with multiple teams. Like, they have been open to trading Deshaun Watson. This has really been about price. And, you know, the timing is interesting because, like, could a trade happen soon? Could a trade happen by the trade deadline? All possible. Um, a lot of times these trades need a trigger, like something to make it happen. Like that's why trades obviously happen around the trade deadline because if you don't trade from now, you just can't. So I don't know what would be the trigger right now. Um, is it something legal? Is it something that the Texans just say enough is enough? Is it something like, let's say, you know, is it the Dolphins? Is it, you know, whoever? Oh, well, well, like, who's whoever? I mean, I would say... You know, the teams that obviously the teams that have been rumored were, you know, the Dolphins and the Panthers, who seem to be doing fine. Um, the Broncos, I know, Eagles. have been still in the market for a quarterback and probably still will be They're next year, um, potentially, unless Bridgewater is the quarterback of the future. Like, those were the teams kind of in the mix there. Um, so, you know, I would say the Texans have been open for business. It's really just a matter of what pushes it over the edge and do they get the price? I mean, it is going to be expensive still and even with the thing, with everything off the field still up in flux it's still going to be expensive well i mean it's look there is a possibility that if you trade for him he ends up getting suspended there's also the possibility that the jail forever the criminal situation <laughs> escalates and something worse happens um whoever trades for him has to do enough research and feel comfortable with the player that they are getting and the results of this situation like that the legal part of it, knowing exactly everything that you could know, is definitely a part of potentially um, trading for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's not just the player, right? It's the human and everything that's going on in the human life yeah. of Deshaun Watson is very and, serious. And this is not trading for a tackle. This is not trading for a corner. Like This is a quarterback who is the face of your franchise. So um, if a team is going to trade for him, they have to be extremely comfortable with the person everything off the field and everything on the field. Go ahead, Todd. Rap Sheet, in terms of Packers-Steelers on Sunday, earlier in the week a lot of guys were on the injury report. Have you heard anything about who's expected to play? Like, Are we going to have pretty much a, a full stable on both teams out there on Sunday? Um, so I think Juju is on the list for the Steelers. I think he's got a pretty good chance to play. He's got bruised ribs, nothing fractured. All scans were fine. I think Juju probably is okay. I think T.J. Watt was a full participant Wednesday, so he's probably back. Um, I'm going to be interested if Elton Jenkins plays. I mean, it's amazing. Like, I reported on a uh, third-string left tackle starting for the Packers on game day morning and literally mispronounced his name on air because, one, I'm an idiot. But, two, I had never heard of this person before he actually was going to start. 
Um, that's what they went into it. So if Elton, Jen- if Elton Jenkins can play, I'd say that's probably massive. That's the biggest injury concern there for the Packers. Um, the G is silent. Add- the G is silent, dude. Just rel- you just tried to say no. it wrong again. Did I? I mispronounced two left tackle, two backup left tackles names. Yeah, well, you the just first one was. Jeez. I cannot even remember. It's Naima, I believe. Is is how about Bobby Okerica? Yeah, I watched that clip on the old internet the other day, and not saying it's your fault, but you basically ruined his name for the rest of his life. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa! AJ Hawk told me he called a Stanford game when he was in college. And they had on the phonetic spelling on his card that he was given to by the Stanford team, it said Okariki. And I want to let everybody know that the NFL, the company that you work for, the company that I once worked for, you know, they gave me a card, an index card that says with the whatever number pick it is. And then they even walked me through the phonetic spelling so much so that I thought the person was talking to me as if I was a child. I... Said it again on stage as a, hey, stop fucking talking to me like I'm an idiot. That's the only reason why I ran it back is because the conversation that literally just had happened beforehand where they were like talking to me like I was, I couldn't read, which although I have never read a book, I get it. I read a lot of tweets all day, goddamn it. I can yeah, get that whole thing. Same. But the net, yeah. And I think this has happened over the last couple of years. I think the, I, I believe it has changed over the last couple of years, but definitely felt terrible when the announcer for the game, the Colts game, came on and was like, we are pronouncing it how we were told to pronounce it. Any other pronunciation you've heard has been wrong, and everybody start getting tweets like, <laughs> "Boom, boom, boom!" Yeah, hundred percent. So I feel terrible about it, uh, but I believe it has changed recently. Uh, I think I, this is kind of a new thing. Like players now feel empowered to be like, "Hey, by the way, you know that name you've been saying for five years? It's actually wrong." Didn't, didn't uh, a name that's been Americanized? By the way, I think is the. I think that's. I think that's right. Yeah. Jason Owe became Adafe Owe and then had like 10 sacks in a couple of games. So you should call him whatever he wants. Well, you know, and I thought about changing, that anyway. I thought about changing my name to P-H-U-C-K, my last name, Pat Fuck. Ooh. Because, People call you that anyway, though. Well, I, I agree. So I was just hoping that Joe Buck or Troy would have to say it one time. <laughs> yes. Pat Fuck comes in and it was just going to my jerseys. Think about how good my jerseys would have done. Fuck one, dude. Uh-huh. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. <laughs> Would that have gotten banned? At the NFL store, that would get banned. But if that was actually your name, would that get banned? Well, you be allowed to wear it. Can't, can't ban it. What, do you, what does that even mean? That the NFL doesn't allow my family to participate? <laughs> what type of thing is this? You know what I mean? If that was my actual name. But obviously, much different name change for me than Bobby Okariki. And I'm incredibly proud of Okariki. Or Okarika. Sorry mm-hmm, about that. Go. Incredible. That's her. I was fucking it up all over again. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rav, she's speaking of ruining people for the rest of their lives. Can we expect a lawsuit to be filed by Andrew Siciliano now that the NFL Network is openly shaming him for how much shorter he is than Joe Thomas? Um, I haven't heard anything definitive on a possible lawsuit. I, no one I've talked to has ruled it out. Um, I will say I do like how he goes on the road for Thursday Night Football and gets to sit next to every you know, guest or reporter or whatever. Um, it's a good system because then he can adjust the height of his chair He's never going to be as tall as Joe Thomas, obviously, nor what? am I. But at least he can kind of make it seem like, make it seem like he's kind of up there. Yeah, and I think the problem that we had was when you guys finally put him on a box, on a chest, almost. Mm-hmm. And you put him on a little bit of a, a stepping stool, a a ladder, a chair. You yeah. guys finally did that, and then you zoomed out and showed everybody, like, hey, not. Nah, 
Now he is still that tiny little guy yeah. that you guys know and love. And you were actually on TV with him yesterday when we called you. If you would have answered, I would have immediately apologized for everything that NFL Network has done to him. But I do believe we're taking strides to go forward. You guys finally put him on the same plane. Yeah, that's us when we called you yesterday, by the way. We, <laughs> there you and, go. And we ran it back. You were on TV. <laughs> we watch it every day, man. We watch you out there every day. That's why we know Siciliano has been treated so poorly. Yeah, yeah I know. On the bottom left TV, I got you. Yeah. Uh, no, you might have moved. No, soccer was in the bottom left. The bottom middle now. Like you said, that is your seat, the bottom left TV. So it's, yeah. yeah, soccer was on there for a little bit. You actually got bumped there for a second, but you're back on there. What uh, What is the big news going on out of your Twitter today? Because literally, mm-hmm. last three weeks, we've done this on Thursdays, not on Fridays. You have left this show, went right to your phone, kept your little noise cancellation AirPods in your ears, and tweeted some... Massive news. Yep. Mm-hmm. What should we look forward to here the next hour or so out of Ian Rappaport? What is some news that's going to devastate our weekend in gambling? Is there anything coming? Um, Fridays are usually about who's in and who's out. So I hope to learn some things. Like Omar Jackson back at practice today didn't have the uh, – it wasn't the stomach issues of a couple weeks ago, which I believe we broke on the show. Um, it was actually general back soreness, so I think he's fine. He's probably going to play. Bruce Aaron says Gronk is a game-time decision. Maybe, but I would expect him to play as well. Um, Jeez. We'll see. Well, maybe we'll come up with something a little later today just to, you know, spice it up a little bit. Oh, so you do make up bullshit so you can stay relevant come in on. the news-breaking world. Thoughts like on it. So you can make our job worse so we have to cover f- Fugay stories. No, no, Fugay stories. The Fugay's ones we have to cover. We feel terrible about it as soon as our mouths open to talk about it. Do you? Oh, it mean, doesn't seem right. Well, it depends on how much shit there is to talk about in the real world. Yeah, you know, that's happening in the I'm real sorry. world. Uh, Tone Diggs, go ahead, pal, for Rappaport. Ian, what are the chances Ben Rosper makes makes it through the season with Pittsburgh Steelers? And what are the chances Aaron Rodgers becomes quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year? Because all of Pittsburgh <laughs> has that on the news every single day because of our show on Tuesday. I was going to say, uh, that was a really hilarious kind of thing that came out of the show. Like, that should be one of the things because, like, you know, Rodgers obviously is going to say nice things about everyone he's playing oh, yeah. because nobody wants to have the target on their back. Like, it should be a weekly, where's Aaron Rodgers going to go next season? I mean, now, the Steelers do probably need a quarterback next year and maybe don't have the heir apparent, so, like, that would at least make some That's sense. True. That's true. Um, but that, I, I enjoyed that speculation that came out of that. I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, is um, Roethlisberger healthy, though? Uh, he's not healthy. No, I mean he's got a he's got a, a, pec, a left pec strain, oh. which is definitely not nothing. I mean I know it's left side and everyone's kind of like ah oh, Ben always plays. He's in a lot of pain when he throws, you know. So I'm not going to go like pretend he's healthy. I think he's going to play, and you hope to run the ball a little better. The thought there is it starts with the offensive line, as a lot of times it does. So if they can get the O line a little better, then the offense will start working better. I'm not worried about Ben because he's been dinged up forever. I think it's more of a, a thing of them figuring out what he can do arm strength-wise and then kind of going forward with that. I think they're going to be okay. Last question going forward, another quarterback that hates being healthy. Um, Carson Wentz now only has one sprained ankle. He has moved past the, yep. the, the lower mm-hmm. ankle sprain on his left foot. Now it is just the high ankle sprain on his right foot. So now two sprains has become when to become one. What does that mean for the Colts that are – Staring down a potential 0-4 start that is nowhere near how they could have expected this thing to be going at this moment. Yeah, I mean, he's still not he, – he's, you know, he's probably going to play. He's still not healthy. And you yeah, know, going from two sprains to one sprain is good because that's it's one less sprain. But 
you know, I think for Carson, the main thing is like just got to get rid of the ball, um, got to unload it, got to see it faster. And that was, you know, I think he's going to be, you know, physically good enough to play. Um, but how can he function just mentally? Can he get rid of it fast enough? Because he's not going to be able to run now. He's not, you know, how well can he escape? Like, I don't, I'm not sure that part of his game is there right now just because of the health concerns. Um, so I'll be curious to see if they pressure him, pressure him a lot, and how he responds to that. 0-4 would be for a team that Devastating. Be okay, thank you. Uh, All right. Bad. Yeah, it'd be very devastating. Bad. All right, we'll keep uh, an eye on your Twitter account and on NFL Network. Can't thank you enough for joining us. What a game last night, by the way, for the NFL Network. That was a good game last night. Uh, congrats Two to... Ballers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jamar Chase scores a touchdown much fucking better, obviously, yeah, but sure. I mean, it was a great that. night for... Every, yeah, you did see that. Did you dance on my grave a little bit, too? You celebrated that I didn't hit that or no? Uh, I empathize. Good guy. Champions mindset. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. Yeah, hey, listen. This is one of those times during a week where I look forward to, but I haven't been that successful. So this is not normal. So normally I only look forward to things that I'm good at. I, I, I dread the things that I'm terrible at. I have not been great at this, but you have been. So after the first three weeks, I've obviously took some bumps and bruises along the way. But what I'm going to do this week, I'm going to listen to the man who was 12-4 and four against the spread just one week ago. Damn. AJ Hawk, and I will also make my picks because I believe the tide is turning. I won five and two last night. Wow. So I'm talking about well, you're really, you're really 0 and 1 from last night, right? Well, if I would have done your stupid ass pick, if I was doing seven, I picked Cincinnati Bengals money line. Shout out to me winning. Boom. Huh. Boom. No, we don't pick money. In the, but the picks we do, you got to go with the spread. We don't, we're not doing money line. But I didn't make a pick. So we'll just go five and two after uh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I didn't do it yep. against the spread. That makes sense, yeah. It's like your Continue. fake Panthers pick last week, AJ. Oh, yeah. Bingo. Whoa. Bingo from our Canadians. Gotcha. And it doesn't matter. Don't let us slow you down. You are hot. Let's get into it. AJ Hawk and I will pick the entire slate. So, obviously, last night, the Jacksonville Jaguars covered plus seven and a half on Thursday night football. Tennessee Titans, New York Jets. Jets are getting seven and a half points at home as the Tennessee Titans, who might be without Julio and A.J. Brown. Do we have any updates on them? Down to six. It's down to six because of that, potentially. Uh, How do you feel about this? Titans on the road at the Jets, A.J. Hawk. Uh, I like Titans uh, minus six here. All right. Me too. What is next? Uh, Let's go Chiefs-Eagles. Chiefs on the road in Philadelphia against Coach Sirianni. Chiefs are favored by 7.5. Coach Sirianni, your thoughts with uh, the one-time Super Bowl champs coming into town a little bit wounded? Uh, I'm just hoping we don't get fucking blown out in this game because that would not be good for us. Okay, 7.5 is the spread. Is it still 7 now? What is your thoughts, A.J. Hawk? Man, I hate these big spreads, but I, I got to take the Chiefs at minus seven here. I think bounce back week for the Chiefs. All right, I'm taking the Eagles. Go next. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just because. I mean, we're two and 15 and one or something like that for the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs against the spread. And also, I, I will agree with most that AJ says. I made that decision earlier. This is one where I'm just going to go with the Eagles at home because E A G L E S Eagles. All right, next game, Panthers-Cowboys. Panthers uh, getting four and a half on the road to Jerry World. Undefeated Panthers taking on the potentially hot Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. A.J. Hawk? 
This one is tough. You know I'm a big Panthers fan. I like what the Panthers are doing, but uh, the Cowboys as well. I'm taking Cowboys, what, minus four and a half? Is that where Three, I think. Three and a half. Minus three and a half. No, it's four and a half. I'll take the Cowboys minus three and a half. No, no, four and a half. It's four and a half. I was wrong. I was wrong. Like a lot of things. I was wrong. It doesn't matter either, but yeah, I'll take it. Four and a half. You like the Cowboys? Yeah. Me too. All right, what's next? Uh, Let's go to New York Giants at the Saints. The Saints. Saints Okay, seven and a half. Doesn't even matter, wow. he says. Browns at Vikings. Me too, by the way. Browns it's not at- an indictment on the Giants. I just think the Saints are going to play well against them. Sounds like an indictment on Giants. Whenever you went that quick and everything else was kind of a, oh, I don't really like this much, but then you were Okay, Browns here on the next one then. Okay, Browns minus two and a half on the road at the Vikings. Home dogs is something that a lot of people chit-chat about. They're I- hot too. They're hot. I like the Vikings. Yeah, okay. All right, let's go All next. Right. This might be a mistake here. Lion, Lion, Vikings plus two and a half. All right. Let's not get crazy. I have no idea who's going to win that game. I don't <laughs> think they do either. Vikings plus two and a half. Lions at Bears. Lions getting three points traveling into Chicago, which will only be the home of the Bears for the next 12 years before they move to Arlington Heights, which is an hour outside of the city. Your thoughts on Lions and Bears. Oh, my. A.J. Hawk. <laughs> I'm going to have to go here with the Lions at plus three. I think wow. they get their first victory of the year. Okay, Lions plus three you like in Chicago. Chicago averaged one yard of play last week. Yep. Oh, yeah. Come on. <sighs> Hear me roar, Lions. I'm going to oh. Yeah, yeah. So I went to Lions. Good pick. Could have been a bear, too, with the same roar. Had people going there. Texans at Bills. Texans are getting 17 and a half now, I think, right? Yes. This has moved from 15 and a half to 17 and a half points. It will be 17 and a half to nothing. Houston will be up over the Buffalo Bills when that game kicks off in Buffalo in front of Bills Mafia. One of the greatest um, baby things, gender reveals, I've seen in some time, by the way, old buddy jumped off a very nice sprinter van Mm -hmm. into a table that had balloons underneath that exploded. He's having a baby boy. Next member of Bills Mafia is about to be born in however many months they need for the baby to be born. You get it. Bills Mafia, though, 17 and a half point favorites over Houston on the road. Your thoughts? This sure is a lot. Of, this guy, is this going to be the biggest line we see all year? Like, Probably. Like, one bigger? Probably. Unless the Jets continue the Jets. Mm-hmm. I mean, this feels like this is the biggest one. All right. Uh, then I'm going to take the Texans with the 17 and a half. All right. Let's go to the next one. What about you? Colts and – what's that? You didn't make a pick. No, no, no. What are you <laughs> – I did. It's part of the what show. We're doing? Who'd you pick? I, what are you talking about? Let's go. Colts Dolphins is the next one, dude. Colts. What's going on here? What is there an inside joke I don't know about? You're not picking this game. Give me the fucking Bills, my yeah. seventeen and a half. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Just because. Whenever see this again, have to do it. Mm-hmm. Have to do it. You know, and I like Josh Allen a lot, and I think what they've been able to do, 56 zip through six quarters in the last two games or whatever. I mean, let's go, boys. Here we go. Hey, here we go, boys. Slam it. 17 and a half. I like the Bills, minus 17 and a half. And this, I'm making the same mistakes I've made the first three weeks. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know. It feels like I'm making the same mistakes I made the first three weeks. Here is the best prognosticator out there and literally saying something like, ah, stupid. Give me the other one. I didn't want to do it. You forced me. Let's go to the next one. Coach Stop Dal- self-handicapping, man. I'm not self-handicapping. That's kind of my issue is I just, I literally just dive right into something and then I, I do get beat up a little bit afterwards and I try to learn from it, you know, because the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing, expecting a yeah. different result, right? That's mm-hmm. right. That's allegedly a made-up definition of insanity. I don't think that's the actual definition of insanity, is it? No. Nah, Whatever the case is, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing the first three weeks when I've been losing 
Uh, so I potentially should change, but I'm not going to. Give me Bills Mafia, the Bill Does, and the tables. Minus 17.5 in Buffalo. Fuck it. Let's go. Colts at Dolphins. Uh, Colts are getting one and a half points. Traveling down to Miami. Jacoby Brissett revenge game, potentially. Colts quarterback Carson Wentz was once two sprains. Now he is just sprains. One sprained ankle. How do you feel about the Colts-Dolphins matchup, AJ? I mean, Carson's his ankles do worry me. I like the Dolphins here at, what, minus one and a half? Is that right? Yeah. Give me, give me, yeah. Yep. All right, let's go Washington Falcons. Let's go. I guess you're, you're, you're with the Dolphins as well is what you're saying. No, 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 no. Jacoby Brissett. For the shoe, dude. Revenge game. Revenge game. I mean, you can want the Colts to win and pick the Finns. Brian Flores is going to be – he's going to be dialing it up, the pressure and I, on uh, Carson Wentz. And I've, how's Quentin Nelson – I don't know. I don't. He was carted off. He's a great he's player. Very good player. Great player. Yeah, he wasn't playing last week, and we did notice. You know, two sprains fell a little bit there. It's a win-win if you take the fence. And I picked on a Colts. I picked the Colts every single time. They have not. Yes, correct. So I'm a good guy actually for the Colts if I do this. Yeah. Fucking give me Mister Three Hundred Five Dog Jacoby Brissett. All right, I got the Dolphins down there. I like Colts. Colts pro no Colts can't even win that with upset. If they win, I'm happy, and I'm doing this strictly to, to turn the tide. Washington and Atlanta, big who gives a fuck? Your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, yeah, tough one to pick, but I like the Falcons here at plus one and a half. All right, give me Washington then. Yeah. I'll just pick the opposite, just because this one who knows there, and my luck has been telling me, you know, I should do that instead of just riding with you. Seahawks plus three. Going into San Francisco against Jimmy G, Trey Lance, and the 49ers. What are the Seahawks? Who are they? That's the question. I, I'm taking the Niners here uh, at, what, minus three? Is that right? Yeah, minus mm-hmm. three at home. And the thing about the Seahawks is they have crumbled late in games. Have they lost it? Whoa. You know, they loved each other. Kumbaya, we're doing press conference going into the season. We're going to beat the dog shit out of the Indianapolis Colts week one, you know, on the road. We're going to do this whole thing. But two straight weeks in the second half, they've just given games away. Yeah. So at some point, so at some point this year, I'm not saying this game, though, the the Seahawks are just going to route somebody that they weren't supposed to. I hope it's not this week because I'm picking the other team. Yeah, give me the Niners, too, especially wow. after that heartbreaker last week mm-hmm. against the Aaron Rodgers-led pal. I like Russell Wilson. I said I'm not going to bet against him. Then I did, and he <laughs> lost for me. So I now I'm going against a lot of my rules. Let him cook. No, give me the Niners. Let's go. I don't like it. Cardinals getting four, going to Los Angeles against the Rams. NFC West here, matchups obviously placed right next to each other. Electrifying top to bottom. This game is going to be insane. Getting four on the road in Space Station SoFi. Uh, Your thoughts? Awesome game. You're right. This game will be fun to watch. I think there's a lot of anticipation for it. I like the Rams at minus four. Okay, me too. Uh, let's go to the Steelers Packers. Steelers getting six and a half on the road in Lambeau. I guess Aaron Rodgers has never played against the Steelers in Lambeau or has never beat the Steelers in Lambeau. Never played against them in Lambeau. The never Pittsburgh Steelers him. traveling to Lambeau. He, what's that? He, Same thing. He's yeah. never beaten them in the regular season and he's never played them in Lambeau. He's never played against them in Lambeau. So that means the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who started that game? We played the Steelers in was, Lambeau. Uh, it was a cold game. Who was our One was Matt, Matt Flynn. Flynn and one was Brett Hundley. Yeah. Brad Hundley fucking may be playing for a Colts soon, but uh, let's not worry about that. So that's crazy that Aaron Rodgers has. And maybe they'll intro him this week too, right? You think maybe? Well, what was last? Whatever the last home game was, it's going to be opposite offense defense. Well, the last one was the defense, and I found it very fascinating that the first home game after COVID, after everything happened, they introduced defense. 
I mean, I don't know who makes that decision. I don't think that come. I think that's like a PR. I think that's just whoever. I don't know who does that. Oh, good. Well, I, for me, it was Chuck made the decision because Chuck. Well, maybe somebody else made a decision. Chuck came up to me and said, "And we should ask him about this next coaches up." Chuck, when he came up to me and he said, uh, "Have you ever been introduced before?" And I said, uh, "No." And he said, you're getting introduced today. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to think of something. Okay. And he was like, Lish, please don't make me regret this. Whole thing. <laughs> so that whole thing happened. It never happened. So I don't know who makes the decisions where. But I found that fascinating that you wouldn't intro Aaron Rodgers' first game. Like, I, I just always assume, like, quarterback's probably going to get it. But maybe they saved it for this fucking dogfight with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Aaron Rodgers getting a chance to say hello to Lambeau. You know, with all these alleged stories, mm-hmm. with all the people of Green Bay talking, oh, we're on the Packers side, we hate Aaron, and then... Go pack instead of the go pack go sign allegedly happening all off season and the smear campaign that was potentially happening by Mark fucking Murphy Some to all the Green bitch. Bay Packers fans. Now he gets to jog out with that team hotter than ever. I assume we're both going with the Packers here, yeah. Yeah, I'll take the Packers minus six and a half. Me too. They feel good. You think the Packers feel very good about where they're at and everything going on, yeah? I think so. Yeah, they got to feel really good after their win last week. I think they're just going to keep that momentum rolling. How's the chemistry of the team? Feels like they're all bought in all together. You think if you had to judge it from outside looking in? Yeah, it seems like it when we talk to Aaron on here on Tuesdays, and I still still talk with with people in the building. They oh, yeah. all seem to be pretty good right now. Okay, let's go Packers. And no offense to the Steelers, please. Listen, you but it is, all though. day. You love. There's no team you love attacking more than the Steelers. That so. is not true. Whoa. That's very true. Do not put that Come out on, there. Man. Do not put that out there. It is kind of fun, though, because, you know, what I say to just Nick in, in tone here, it, it, it's also there's like 30 friends, you know, that potentially hear everything I say. Like, oh, you guys fucking dead over there, dude? That's a shame because, you know, when I would have to come play in Pittsburgh, obviously they would celebrate heavily my failures. You know what I mean? They Whenever that whole thing would happen, so you got to give it back. That's but fair. I, I like when the Steelers are winning. That's not what you said to me at the water cooler. No, that ain't true. I ain't true. I said, what if they're dead? I didn't Uh, didn't say I didn't like them winning. uh, I'm just, what if they are Look, Joe Batania. Joe Batania is just hitting his stride over there in Cleveland. He ain't fucking around, dude. We'll worry about the Browns later in the week. I've been saying all week, actually, I took it on Monday as soon as the Lions came out. I'm on the Packers. Oh. Jeez. Wow. Wow. Are you just not betting on this game or in, on Hammer Down? Or I haven't bet on a Steelers game in a decade and a half. Is that the problem? Maybe we need to turn it back around. <laughs> no, 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 you, no, no, you brought in old King Hermes no. onto the chest there or whatever. <laughs> they need He's you. Here. He's still here. All right. So we both got the backers. Let's go to the next game. That's a big game, by the way. Huge. Big game. Remember, while that game's playing, there is the Yellowwood 500 happening. That's right. About lap uh, that's 115. Right. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's over there on NBC. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next game. Can't wait. What is yellow, what's Yellowwood? It's something. Biggest I, race in Tallahassee. Yeah, one year. of the bigger races it's of the NASCAR season. Smaller AJ. version of the Redwood tree. Yeah, it's kind of it's uh, it has forests, but we don't hear about it enough. No. You know what I mean? And the Yellowwood. <laughs> Look at their lap two going around Why for the twenty-four car. It's not Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. Hey, Bill Byron. It's Will Byron. Dude. Hey, Danner in the rainbow car coming out. Oh, oh, there, what is going on over there? What's going to go down the Yellowwood 500? Yellow Wolf was singing the national anthem. He took oh. over for Jeff Gornade. Hey, Yellow Wolf had a couple smashes. He did. couple smashes. Shout out Yellow Wolf. Shout dude. out. You know who that is? No, I don't know what their smashes would be. Do you know what Yellow Wolf is? I don't think so. White rapper. He used to go very hard. Very, very hard. I believe uh, Trailer Park, a rapper style, I believe. Yeah, Hamsky. Yeah, he goes very hard. Very reminiscent of Bob Ritchie. Not at all. A little white, maybe. Okay. But I think what you said there. He's not a rapper, is he? Shoot. 
I mean, he has before. Bonk. Ball with the ball, the yeah, bang, the bang. bang yeah. But now he says, he says a lot of things that yeah. do not need to be shoehorned into a show, especially whenever we're talking about Yellow Wolf, who never gets any love. Mm-hmm. Jeez Louise. Let's go to the next game, please. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. Fucking A. All right, Ravens, Broncos. Ravens are favored by one going in to Denver, mile high. The alien, the anomaly, Lamar Jackson going on, going up against the undefeated Teddy Two Gloves. I saw Vaughn Miller golfing with Caleb Presley on the internet. Vaughn Miller might be 295 pounds of pure muscle. I did not know he was that large of a man until he was standing next to Caleb Presley. And I did not know that that is some. I thought Vaughn was like kind of undersized. Has he bulked up? When Bulk was in the Super Bowl, he was, or when Vaughn played in the Super Bowl, he was like 228 or something. He, I'm was, a, he, he was wearing a. I always thought he was undersized and quick and just like had this he's, explosivity. He is powerful as hell, too, for the, how big he is. Bingo. Yeah. And I think that's like maybe he's got like that farm strength, too. Like, like ah, they got right. there. He, I saw him in a golf polo with. Caleb, I don't know what's coming to that. He is fucking massive. I did not know that. That Broncos team is rolling. Your thoughts on Ravens, Broncos, AJ Hawk? I like the Broncos here at what plus one. So I think I, I love the Broncos defense. I really do. I love Vaughn and what they can do. And I think Teddy is, is good as well. So I, I think the Broncos are people are still sleeping on the Broncos, aren't they? Yep. For some reason. Yeah. I, I guess the, you gotta prove it. Like every other team, you gotta prove to us that you can play Jets, towards Giants, the end of the Jets. season. Yeah, they they haven't really played anybody of significance. Now, the everybody's Jaguars good. are better than we thought. Yeah, everybody's good. You're right. Everybody can win a game, understandable, but Jets, Giants, Jags are the three and for the Broncos. And yeah. You know, like, I think that's going to say something. So with that being said, I'm going to Baltimore tonight. All right. I'm going to try not to get any diseases from Jimmy's Famous Seafood. I will try to eat the best crab cakes on earth from Jimmy's, though, without having to, you know, have any interaction with them. I'll figure that whole thing out. I'd like to get a vibe of the city on the Ravens first before I make a pick here. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Is that all right? Can we postpone this till tomorrow? Can I punt this until a Saturday? Sure. Sure. I yep. just want to see how Baltimore is. You know, I, mean? I just want to see how the city's feeling. I want to see a 66-yard field goal, you know. Is everybody kind of – is there a hangover potentially happening Ooh. from celebrating that so hard up there in Detroit? A game that, you know, they probably expected to win came down to one of the most entertaining plays in the history of the game to win that thing. I just want to see how the hangover is over here. With that being said, I'm going with the Ravens. Fuck it. Wow. <laughs> I'm going with the Ravens. Next, uh, Bucks Jeez. in – Foxborough. Here we go. Handsome Tom Brady travels back to a place that he called home for 20 years. Handsome Tom Brady, the man with the most Super Bowl rings in NFL quarterback history, is going back to take on a man who is potentially treating him like a child well into his 40s. Rob Gronkowski, who is not practicing all week with a rib injury, is back on the field, full participant, going back into Foxborough to potentially dance on the team that tried to trade him to Detroit at one point. Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown got sent out of town. He's going back up there. There will be conversations about this game for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 100 years. At the NFL 200-year anniversary festival, they will chat about the first time Tom Brady went back to Foxborough to take on Bill Belichick post the greatest dynasty in the history of professional sports. A.J. Hawk, your thoughts on this matchup, your pick on this game that is going to be watched by millions Probably tens of millions if I had to. Yes, tens of millions of people will watch this. This is going to be massive on Sunday night, AJ. Yeah, it is. I mean, I like the Bucks at minus seven here, but it, it starts to. I'm not self handicapping, but remember when the uh, when are. Peyton played the Seahawks in the Super Bowl? I remember weekly up to it saying, "Oh man, it's just how do I pick against Peyton? It's so hard to pick against Peyton." 
first snap of the game goes over his head for a safety in his own end zone, and they just got worked in that Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen, but I remember when a lot of people were on one side, stuff like that tends to happen. But that's not going to happen here. The Bucks are going to be all right. Yeah, there's like, uh, you know, the reason why the sports books are rich, because normally when everybody's on one thing, normally the casinos and they have chandeliers for a reason. Normally they are winning that thing. But I think what you're forgetting about is the Legion of Boom that was also over there. I'm not sure this is the Legion of Boom for New England's defense. Now, they got veterans up there. Bill Belichick's always going to have a great strategy, always going to have – I mean, that guy wins games by himself as a coach, but he's not going to be able to be on the field. I I have thought this all week, you know, and I enjoyed the – I enjoyed that Connor finally got to a position where he saw a way – for the Patriots to win this game, you know, because it sounded like Patriots fans were even like, oh, we're going to get killed or whatever, but Tampa by 60, dude. Your thoughts, Connor, on this entire thing? I mean, that was my thought on Monday. It hasn't really changed. I just hope for a good game, and we don't have to turn it off at halftime. Is that my bet, Zito, or AJ's bet, Zito? Well, that's your bet, and AJ's is 80000 Okay, so since I, you know, a little bit more riskier, $10 bet will win you 81000 for me. AJ, $10 bet will win you $80,000 we go clean sweep. Ooh, AJ no. has been closer than me the first three weeks, but who says... The tide doesn't turn this weekend. Ooh. I started five and two in week four. Mm-hmm. Although AJ's one and zero, oh, I got six more bets on top of that thing. Let's go ahead and clean sweep this. One of us. Let's go clean sweep this thing, AJ. You should have won that bet last night. That parlay you set up. It's not just me winning there, AJ. That's forty-three thousand people. Let's talk about a guy who did turn around in a complete culture. Okay, Stefanski, Andrew Barry, go into Cleveland, turn that place around after what many thought was potentially a curse that was going to live forever. Yeah. A lot of coaches around the NFL said you haven't really coached in the NFL until you've been fired by the Cleveland Browns. Now they got something special. A guy who has been there for the last eight years, has seen the dark days, and now getting a chance to be a massive part of their dominant days, uh, offensive lineman of the number one rush attack in the NFL in the Cleveland Browns, pro bowler, ladies and gentlemen, Joel Batania. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Joel, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, You, obviously, Paisan, we're big fans of those around here, but getting a chance to learn about you after you agreed to come on the show, you have an incredible story. I assume life right now, after those first few years in Cleveland, not really knowing what was going to happen, am I going to be like Joe Thomas in Cleveland? Am I going to have a great career but never get a chance to experience the happiness of winning? What has it been, you think, seeing like Andrew Barry Stefanski really come in there? Has there been a complete culture shift? Has it been player-led, you think? what has it been like in Cleveland oh it's been great man it's uh it's top down you know like you said I, I I've been through it now we, we lost a lot of games in my first few years um and, and so to have something it's just like it's kind of crazy but just like organized and like from the top down structure like Andrew Barry coach Stefanski all on the same page is just kind of kind of like the first step and then obviously we had a bunch of first round picks over the years you know Miles and Baker and Denzel and Nick was up there, so you get good players. Eventually, you know we're going to hit, and um, it's been fun to fun to win some games finally. Yeah, I could imagine. Could you tell early on when Stefanski and like the front office when they all come come to Cleveland? Was it because like, we know you've been through a few different regimes there? Like, how quick do you like? Can you figure it out within like the first couple months? Like, all right, hey, this is different. This feels a little better. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it, it just it just Coach Stefanski was just the same guy every day, and he just had an answer. For everything, you know what I mean, and, and not like a know-it-all way, but just it was his plan. You know, he's like, "All right, this is how we're going to schedule. This is what we're going to do, um, day-to-day life." And he came into a COVID year, which was 
crazy as is, and he just same guy every day. If we had a positive test or not, um, just come to work, man. And and that was really the best part about it. Um, but you could definitely tell. You know, I was my rookie year. I was with Kyle Shanahan. He was my offensive coordinator, so he was a guy. Like I was like, man, this is great. Like he knows what he's doing. Um, and then we had a few rough patches in there, and did. But but coming back to Coach Stefanski, it was like, all right, this is this is uh, this is what the NFL is supposed to be like. I think the story is that Kyle Shanahan did like a thirty deck presentation on why they should let him leave his contract in Cleveland and go elsewhere. I think Ooh. that's the story behind the scenes, or whatever the case is. You were there for that through all the hard days, and then whenever Andrew Barry and Stefanski come in and they're consistent every single day, how early on do you realize like, okay, they're going to focus on the run here? I feel like that has been something that they have legitimately taken to heart. Not that other offensive coordinators in Cleveland history haven't, but I'm just saying whenever they bring in a guy like Austin Hooper, who is obviously an athlete, but a road grader at tight end, you have two stud running backs that get paid before your quarterback does. You get like It feels like as an offensive lineman, it's almost like a dream scenario, right? You want to come off the ball and run. It feels like that is why you guys are having success because the success of the run. That's dream for Joel Batonio, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Coach Fancy talked about it. Like, that was like the mod, like we're going to you know, we're going to run the ball, we're going to do play action, it's all going to be, you know, off the wide zone work and, and take the deep shots when you have a chance. Um, you know, first game of the season, we kind of got smoked, so we passed the ball like 40 times last year, and I was like, man, we're, we're going to be throwing the ball a bunch, and then from week two on, it was just like, no, we're going to run the ball, we're going to take our shots, we're going to do our thing, and um, and we buy into it, man. We go, we run the ball in like third and four sometimes, and I'm like, all right, this is a pass, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're going to throw the ball here. And he's like, no, nah, we'll, we'll run it again. We'll go for it on fourth down. We'll, we'll get the first down. So it's, uh, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, coach Callahan's here too. And he's a, he's a great run game mind too, as our offensive line coach. And I think they just all work together and like, we're going to run the ball. We're going to take our shots when we have a chance. But when you have Nick and, and Kareem back there, it, uh, it makes life a little bit easier. Hey, what was camp like this year going against those monsters you have on defense? I mean, you guys have had monsters for, a couple years, but it seems like you are just absolutely loaded at all three levels. Would you guys have some spirited practices? Spirit. Oh, yeah. Great work. It was good. You get down to those uh, two-minute drives or third down periods, and you're hoping Miles is not playing the three technique, you know, for the week. You're like, <laughs> hey, outside on this one, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, they put him and Clowney on one side, or or they, you know, line up an overload front, and they got him, Clowney, Malik, Jackson, all uh, all lined up on you guys. And you get your work in, man, that's for sure. And and if uh, if Miles is feeling good that day, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to block him one on one. But um, it's a battle. It's good, you know. It's 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 that thing where I'd much rather block him in practice when no one's watching than uh, going out there on the game and having to block him. Yeah, every once in a while those practice films do make the internet though. You know, <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while those things happen. I could imagine though, those spirit is a great way to describe that. But I wanted to talk about the team you got a lot of personalities on this team. Now, obviously, this is from outside looking in, but as soon as Odell Beckham Jr. gets traded in or whatever, everybody thinks, oh, he's going to want out of Cleveland. He Every single day, Odell doesn't want to be there. He's getting traded. And then, obviously, Jarvis is a big name that gets moved out of Miami in there. And Baker Mayfield is a personality. His commercials are so good. Oh, yeah. hey, he had so a fanny good. pack on. He was at a yard sale this last oh, year. Oh, yeah, I remember. I mean, it was unbelievable. But it, it, let alone Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, and everybody you got in the back end, it feels like there's a lot of personalities. What's the culture? Is that big? Is Stefanski big on, like, hey, we're hanging out together, we're getting along? Because I think that's the X factor that takes teams from good to great. How is the team? Obviously, things are good right now, but how is the team as a whole, you think? Oh, it's good, man. It, you know, with the internet and everything now, you just hear so many stories about – guys like Odell or Jarvis or, or um, Jadavion Clowney, like these guys before you meet them and then you meet them in the locker room and you're like, 
man, this is nothing like what I've heard. Or you talk to old teammates and like they only say positive things about these guys. Um, so it's been really good, man. We got a bunch of guys that just want to go out there and win. And obviously, like it's an NFL locker room, so people are are confident. They're competitive people, so they want to do anything they can to help the team. Um, so there's things like that. But Coach Stefanski, you know, from day one, we weren't together last year, but we always did this thing called the four H's. So you talk about your history, your heroes, your heartbreaks, your your hopes. You know what I mean? Those four things. And you kind of explain to the team where you're from and, and what you're doing so you get to know everybody. And you realize there's connections, you know, from different, you know, obviously tragedies or, or different experiences you've experienced in your life. And you kind of, you know, bond on that. But we have a good group, man. And I, I really do think it starts with Baker. His personality is just like people want to be around him and he can really connect with anybody. So it kind of makes it easy for him to – uh yeah, for everybody kind of rally around him. That four H's is a good idea, you know, because you learn about somebody, you have a lot more respect for somebody, you're more likely to like somebody afterwards. And I, I think a lot of college teams try to do that type of thing. That fact that it's carrying into your building and we're obviously seeing the results of that is a beautiful thing. I think that's a next generation of coaches, potentially, Stefanski. I'm not 100% sure, but whenever you talk about one of those H's, history, we looked into yours. And obviously, rest in peace to your dad. Sounds like a fucking legend of a dude. Literally, whenever we looked up and read about him, sounds like an absolute legend, so rest in peace. But he was a bad... Hey, this guy was a fucking badass, huh? And, and is that just... Was that expected of you? Was it? What was life like? Is, for those that don't know, his dad was an MMA fighter, and this is back before they had any rules, this dude. like yeah, It man. was like legendary fighter. Was that something that he brought you around much? Did you not know much about? Or is that kind of what made you into who you were, you think? Yeah, so, I mean, I knew he did that stuff in, like, martial arts and things like that, but when it was happening, I was pretty young. I was probably, like, five or six when he when he went. I remember going to Disneyland afterward because I'm, you know, a California kid. We went to Disneyland, and I, he was uh, kind of beat up still, but there was a few people that were like, oh, that's Mike Petonio, like, kind of talked him up. I'm like, what are these people talking about? Because I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> you know, I, I finally, I think I watched his, like, main fight in the uh, World Combat Championships when I was probably like 10 or 11 or 12. And like, I knew he had lost that fight against Bart Vale, but like, I didn't know. And I was like, you know, jumping at everything. Like he reversed a, a takedown one time and I was like getting pumped, but I knew he lost that main <laughs> fight, but I had been around it. Like I did martial arts when I was a kid and stuff, but I never was, I always wanted like a ball in my hand. You know what I mean? I wanted to play those type of sports. So he was, you know, I would, I wouldn't pick a fight with him, but um, no, I, I was around it. I saw some of his things, you know, he would go, uh, into these, you know, backyard events and stuff like that, you know, throughout Southern California, Long Beach, San Pedro, places like that. Um, I experienced some of that, but I feel like he kind of shielded me away from that part of it. You know, that was more of his uh, his other kind of life because once he, he um, you know, kind of went away from that he just went back to you know raising his kids and, and being the uh family man man that's awesome to hear you talk glowingly about your dad by the way rest in peace to him i wish i would have been able to see some of his fights uh, in that moment those back in the day when the kimbo era was happening when he was going into backyards and your dad is going into backyards before mma was really legitimized as a sport you're talking about trailblazers that are like no no i don't i don't necessarily have to hate a guy to fight him i just want to showcase that i could beat his ass if i have to and i got nothing but mad respect for that go ahead ty joel you mentioned you're a california kid do you like playing in the elements in cleveland like did it take a while for you to acclimate to playing in the cold like that um and have you gotten used to have you, as a lineman i assume you love doing it Oh yeah, under fifty is like my my prime state now, you know. But as uh, growing up, I never <laughs> snow or anything like that. I mean, we get rain like ten times a year in California. Um, I went up to Reno for school, and we had some weather. You know, we had some cold weather, so I was kind of used to it. But once you get to the NFL, like my theory is like the colder it gets, 
everybody around me is going to slow down more than I'm going to slow down. You know what I mean? Like we have only so much we can slow down as an O line. So let, let's get it cold. Let's uh, let's slow some of those D linemen and linebackers down. So I, I'm used to it now. You know, I, I'm ready to play. I'm, I'm excited when we get some uh, cold weather. Hey, let's let those Florida boys figure this thing out. You know, what I mean that is that is always a great conversation to be had. And I should watch more film on you. And I will after learning about you. I mean, you're a fucking legend, dude. I want to let you know that. Just very cool, and we appreciate your time here. Are you a mauler? You beat that. You look like. I mean, your biceps seem to be gigantic. You eat people alive, or what is your what do you what is your style I, I think i got a great camera angle right now because they're usually not that good yeah um, good light but, too yeah you gotta do this yeah but i'll take it no honestly like like i would say like i'm pretty athletic dude you know what i mean so i can move and stuff but when i get a chance to finish guys like we'll, we'll uh we'll take it down hey how do you feel about this real quick i know you're not a tackle but no <laughs> cowboy boots yeah 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 because i'm a commentator uh cowboy obviously Hey, look, give me the, uh, can you please give me the, the call and what it's on, Batania? Oh, you want it? Yeah, yeah, what's it on? And I need it, please. Okay. Three jet, we're going three jet. You're on the man side here on one-on-one. Ready, break. All right, here we go. Set hut. Wide 80. Oh, oh shit. went early. Offside, yeah. Offside. All right, it's on me. I was excited. Those excited fucking guys. Good. All right, so we got a five yard. All right. Yeah. All right, we'll just go from the color. Ready? On one. Oh, you. All right. Three jet off one on one. Ready, break. Wide 80. Wide 80. Sit up. Did you fucking see that, Joel? Fucking run a screen next time, dude. I'm fucking out of there, Joel. Honestly, I'm fucking out of there. Well, with your team, though, we're not running any jets. We're running people over. So I should have probably put my hand in the dirt there. That's 100% my fault. Uh, good luck the rest of the way, Joel. We appreciate you so much for your time, Bob. Yeah, appreciate appreciate having me on, guys. Thank you. Hey, let everybody over there know we said hello, and we uh, we appreciate what they're doing. We got some diehard Steeler fans in the studio, and they are scared to death of what the AFC North is becoming right now, Joel. It's hot in the kitchen over there. It's not true, Joel. Oh, yeah. It, we, got, we, got some, uh, we got some teams coming. Yeah, it, hey, Dave's the Ravens. I mean, uh-huh. Joe, Joey Burrow. I yeah. mean, the Browns are number one in every rush statistic, basically, there is. And nice. then you got the Steelers worried about old Tommy John and Baloney. I mean, oh, no. ladies and gentlemen, uh, Joel Batania. Thank yeah, you. Joel. I'm sorry for interrupting this incredible conversation, but we have big news and shoes. Rothy's is now selling men's sneakers and driving loafers. You've probably heard your wife, sister, mother, daughter, girlfriend, or friends talk about their love of Rothy's women's shoes. Well, now they've brought their sustainable materials, washable design, and innovative craftsmanship to men's shoes. Listen, looking good and feeling great just got easier thanks to Rothy's and the approach to shoe design. From the unbeatable comfort to the fact that you can wash them, these shoes check every box. If you hate when your favorite white sneakers or light-colored shoes get dirty, Rothy's men's shoes are for you. Their washable construction means your shoes look like new with every wash. Everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet, too. Their elevated style is achieved through innovative manufacturing and materials. I got a pair of the loafers in the desert camo, and they are absolute fire flames. I love those things. So upgrade your shoe game with the new men's options from Rothy's. 
Head to rothys.com slash McAfee to discover what the hype is all about. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash McAfee. Back to the show. Uh, joining us now is a man who uh, found fame via Last Chance You on Netflix, although he didn't want it. He just wanted to coach him up. Oh, yeah. A champion JUCO coach, a founder of Slapdick Whiskey, Cigars, and Slapdick Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, author, head coach, human, personality, straight out of Compton, Coach Jason Brown. Yeah! Hustle, dog. Hey, I'm a, dog hustle. You got to hustle. And what did you say? I didn't learn shit in high school. I'm a stone cold hustler, dog. Isn't that what but you said? I wish, I wish I could recollect. I don't remember what the fuck I said. <laughs> I assume you get in the moment, you lose your mind, and I appreciate that. It feels like you've been doing that every single Friday here with us the last few weeks. Uh, it's good news. I got a quick question for you. Let's get it out of the way. And Ty wanted to ask you about this, but I did text the guy, and we kind of teased it going into the break. Dan Orlovsky has come on this show. Dan Orlovsky, teammate of mine. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, friend of ours, obviously. We have told him in the past to his face, hey, Dan, some of the shit you're saying, yeah, you, uh, you shouldn't be saying. I think that is a part of this whole give and take. You, though, have set your sights on Dan Orlovsky. Can we put our swords aside, or is that something you don't think you'll ever be able to bury with old Dan Orlovsky? No, I listen, people always want to like disagreements to me create great conversations, Pat. And people don't realize that shit. People all think that you're some fucking I don't judge cats that I don't meet. Like, I don't know Dan. So I'm ne- I think Dan's a great dude looking at him. And if you're a friend of his, I kind of weigh those things out. And I'm like, well, this guy must be not half fucking bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's probably a fun dude to kick it with. He's probably, he looks like he is. He looks like he's genuine. But this is the thing, Pat. When, you, when you're a coach and you, and you help kids out and you do these things, the, I've found over 20 years of coaching, the best or the best players or ex NFL or professional people are the worst coaches in America. Mm. A mm. and they're the easiest hires by big media companies because they're known. They have a background. They played, like you said, they came in a few games and won a couple for the Colts, and he fucking ran out of the back of the end zone for the Lions. And <laughs> he did all those things, right? So he's easy hire, but he doesn't. He, get, he, he spits false information, and that's just what irks me because people make a lot of money out here, and they make a lot of money, Pat, to tell people the novice watcher this, this, and this. And then when it's wrong, the coaching world of like our coaching fraternity is looking at it like, how the fuck are you making this much money? And you're saying the wrong shit. Okay, so you're saying that hindsight being 2020 is the easiest way to judge a coaching staff as opposed to how much actually goes into what you see on the field. Like, for instance, we Zach Taylor, he was 2-14 and 14 his first year, 4-11 and 1 his second year, and then his third year, he's now 3-1 and one or whatever with a couple late game kicks to win it. And last night, obviously, they had go through some adversity with urban in jacksonville but we automatically assume like in the first couple years hey this guy potentially stinks as a head coach. like this guy fucking stinks as a head coach but we're judging strictly off of the record you're saying that you can't really do that because there's so much shit that goes into all of this you're saying no i i agree with what you're saying as well as far <laughs> as that goes just so you know 
Zach Taylor was in my fucking office at Indy just fuck four years ago. He was the OC at Cincinnati University of Cincinnati. I don't know if you guys know Zach's background. Zach is a Kansas Juco guy, played at Butler Community College in Kansas. So I've known Zach a while. You know, he's came in and recruited. He goes from the Cincinnati University of Cincinnati, who loves me so much, to the Miami Dolphins. So you can't tell me this is not a who you know and who knows you business. Like, this young cat was born, I think he's born in, fuck, 83 or 4. Like, I was in the streets. So, like, I'm like, dude, this is a young cat that gets straight past, surpasses so many different people that have been busting their ass as grad assistants, as different guys. And you get this job and you're in my office as the OC all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere at the University of Cincinnati. And I'm like. Well, we ain't got nobody for you right here. You know, we start chopping it up. We knew each other prior. So we're talking. We bullshit in the office and stuff. But it's like, I turn on ESPN and you just left my office and you're the head coach of the fucking Bengals? <laughs> <laughs> like, hold up, man. So it's just like, you know, it is what it is, man. He was probably in over the rain somewhere in Cincinnati and met the fucking owner of the Bengals and they knew who he was and you look like a good fucking Caucasian. Let's hire you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it looks like to me. But hey, it is who you know, man. <laughs> all right, let's talk about another uh, coach who has coached at all levels. All right, he, I think his first year at Bowling Green, he was 8-3 and three or something like that. Then he was 9-3 and three or something like that. Then he obviously ends up at Utah. He wins there. Then he goes to Florida. Then he goes to Ohio State. I guess his last season at Florida State, he lost five, or Florida, he lost five games. Then he obviously retired for a bit. Then he goes to Ohio State, wins a natty, does his whole thing. Now he does TV. Now he's in Jacksonville. He said he's so heartbroken after that game, JB. He's so heartbroken for the guys in the locker room. It's week four! It's week four in the NFL game. He seemed like he was literally distraught off his ass do you believe that is that how urban meyer is what are your thoughts on this transition into the nfl for old ball coach urban meyer fuck no he's not that way and he, oh. like, he ain't that way really look let me tell you something urban meyer to me is one of the top five college coaches of all time all right i met urban years ago when i was coaching junior college he was at bowling green we came in he came in to recruit a kid out here in la we talked about offense for years and we're very similar minded in offensive philosophies and what we do offensively, innovative type of shit. Right. So we talked for a long time. We knew he got the Utah job. I had a lot of buddies at Utah, I had two players at Utah. Then he moved on actually very quickly. Right. To put Urban in this discussion of one of the greatest. Co See, to me, he has to win a Super Bowl to even be on Pete Carroll's level mm. because Pete's done both, obviously. And and won multiple national titles. Now he's won a Super Bowl, been in a several Super Bowls uh, or two, at least should have won two. So to me, you don't find the happy life. You make it. Urban has continued to go try to find the happy life at every place he's been. If you've noticed, like he earned it, in my opinion, at Bowling Green in Utah. And then he went to find the happy place at Florida. And then it got a little rough and he had a lot of fucking baggage with all those freaks that he brought in there that ended up being you know, murderers, suicidal, <laughs> all, all yeah. these different things. Yeah. Now you go to Flo to Ohio State and you continue to me to find the happy life because he's from Ohio. Hey, it's happy life, you know, happy wife, happy life. I'm going to go to Ohio. People don't talk about it. He goes undefeated at Ohio State his first year on a probation year. They couldn't even go to a bowl game. So he wins a natty at Ohio State. And then what are you, where are you at now? You're chasing an NFL job that – 
I think he's regretting now. Um, but at the same time, in my opinion, you have to win there to really get it done, to be one of these hey, coaches that are hey, great. Pete Carroll, that's an incredible take, by the way. Chasing happiness is something that a lot of people do. And I think I've maybe even been guilty of it before. And hope Yeah, but you made it. See, you made your life. I See, like I'm having to make my own life, at, even though all the fucking dick-riding haters that I have, <laughs> like, you got to understand, our haters, Pat, our haters are, are should be appreciated more because they're our biggest fucking fans, right? Yeah. So, like, they, you didn't just go find the happy life. You were already in the struggle. You fucking kicked soccer balls off of walls and lived in the fucking backwoods of fucking bumfuck wherever. Right. I grew up in the, in the concrete jungle, right? So we had to make it, though. I think a lot of people have been, have been handed a lot of shit, and when adversity hits them in the mouth, they can't handle it. I get, hey, shell shot. I don't think there's any real fulfillment in the handing of it, though. You know, like, and I think that is something that is apparent. And I'm not saying this about Urban Meyer. I do not know Urban Meyer's story, but I'm thinking in sure. the overall sense of chasing happiness. I do believe there is a lack of fulfillment when people feel as if they haven't earned something. So I am excited to be where I am. We're thankful that you join us. But Ur you thinking that you know Urban Meyer is not that is not real. He it, it, that is not real. What he's saying. And then also Pete Carroll never comes up in the conversation. It's always like. Saban is the greatest college coach of all time. He didn't work in the NFL. Carroll never really gets mentioned. I think it's because he started in the NFL, right? So he started in the NFL, then he went to college and went back to the NFL. Is that why you think? that, that well, started at UOP, University of Pacific, way out here in California. Um, but oh. he, this is the thing about Pete that he doesn't understand, that people don't get. It's a what have you done for me business, and it's, it's you know, it's results-oriented, right? And uh, Sark will tell you, and people will tell you, uh, probably Lane will tell you the the head coaching rule that you could not go to high school campuses to recruit the texting rule that you couldn't text um, during, you know, dead, dead periods and different things in, in recruiting. Those are Pete Carroll rules. And I will tell you, I'm not going to tell you no name and blast them out, but I've had major co division one coaches and a couple NFL buddies of mine tell me, Nick Saban is Nick Saban because Pete Carroll's in the NFL. Mm. Let's make sure we're not mistaken here. Pete Carroll dominated the SEC, dominated recruiting. He made it a show out here on the West Coast, which it should be. SC should be Hollywood. You got Debo, you got Snoop out practice performing. Like this is a this was a fucking packed house at practice every day at SC. Like it was unbelievable. It's shit show now. Like it's unbelievable. It's so bad now. It looks like a JUCO. So it's like Pete Carroll in the NFL is the reason Nick Saban. Did you guys hear about Nick Saban when Pete Carroll was coaching at SC? Let's be honest. He won one at LSU, right? He took over and won that one in LSU, right? And when SC was starting, to, when Pete turned it and started to turn it. When did you hear about anybody else other than Pete Carroll for how long? You heard Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, Heisman, 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 fucking SC blowing out fucking Arkansas and Auburn and 55 nothing and. All this shit, like you didn't hear about fucking Nick Saban. I mean, I'm just being honest. Wow. Like, hey, hey there's going to be people down. It's different down here, especially in Alabama. Uh -huh. They are not going to be thrilled about everything you just said. But I have never thought of that. And it's real. Like, hey, USC was. Oh yeah. Now, granted, Vince Young had their run, and you know we had a squad as well, and LSU had a team there. Ohio State had a team for a long time, but SC was the premier. That was like all the um, all the things that happen with Nick Saban right now off the field, camera wise, following him to his lake and everything at his house. 
Pete Carroll, if he was at USC still, I mean, now, now granted, he was cheating over there. Right. Right. He was cheating over there, JB. That's why oh, he was cheating shit. over there. That's why. That's the only way oh, he was able. Shit. Yeah. yeah the, S- the SEC is so right by the book. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this, dude. Like, if SC don't choke on a 12-point lead with four minutes against Texas and they hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, Pete Carroll's a fucking legend. He's got four natties and two Super Bowls. Who the fuck has that? Yeah, that's true. That is huge. And let's, uh, let's, I, I would like for us in the future to put more respect on Pete Carroll's. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, man, greatest, greatest. I'm not, just telling you. Not always about just his chewing gum. Okay. Mm-hmm. And not no. always about him pissing off Russell Wilson yeah. in the middle of the season. All right, not about every day we're competing every single day. Mm-hmm. Let's actually talk about the results that we have not talked about enough, which is everything JB just laid out. Hey, Coach JB, uh, I know you have some bets for us this week Ooh. in a college football game. I cannot wait to hear it. To be honest, other than Ole Miss, Alabama, and Cincinnati, Notre Dame, I'm not even sure who the fuck's playing who, so I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this thing. I got upset alert tonight. Yes! Here we go. Love this. It's not going to happen. Maryland beats Iowa at home. Uh, okay. Oh, All right. Wow. Not a chance. Bro. All right. Hold on. Whoa. Because your biggest. I hear you fuckers in the back. No chance shit. <laughs> hey, you, you, you. Just watch. All right. Just watch. Hey, your biggest fan in this studio. All right. Ty. Iowa oh, Hawkeye. Yeah, Ty is your biggest fan in here. I love all you guys, man. You guys are all good dudes. You seem love like you, some real you, coach. Yeah, I love you too, Coach. All right, but at this particular moment, Ty wants to tell you to fuck off. He knew you were going to say oh, yeah, this, actually. Hey, uh, disagreements hey. become good conversation. conversation. Go. Great quote. Go ahead, Ty. Though. Why did you know he was going to say this? And well, what- I, yeah, I just know. And I remember back when you uh, were on Last Chance You, and I think you guys were playing Iowa Western or something, and the refs really fucked you guys over, and you basically said, like, fuck these Iowa cats. I'm done. I'm never coming back here. <laughs> and you got two guys at Maryland, so I, I knew you were going to I'm three. three. I am a little worried about this game tonight. Penn State next week at home, so we'll Ooh. we'll see. I am a little bit worried. Is this in Maryland tonight? Yeah. In Maryland, dog. In Baltimore. Are you going there? Yeah, I'll be in Baltimore tonight. I won't be able to see the game, though, in College Park over there. I got a chance to play yeah, there. Pretty good. Probably. Hey, pretty good stadium over there. Pretty good atmosphere, yeah. actually. They take off the fucking, you know, the goddamn, uh, those fucking uniforms and put on some real fucking uniforms, we, I, they'd be a legitimate college football team. You gotta take off the fucking uh, picnic fucking uh, blanket shit, man. Like, goddamn. If they lose tonight, uh, it's because of the uniforms. Can't wait to blame that. Here we go. Alright, Maryland beats Iowa tonight. Upset alert. There oh, we go. fuck. How many Iowa fucking hating on Twitter <laughs> no. am I gonna have today? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's gonna oh, happen, buddy. but if you're right, if you're right, everybody be on your side. Oh, yeah, you know how it is. Dick Riders. Uh, <laughs> BYU, I got Utah State covering nine and a half. I mean, Kalani Sataki, one of my best friends in the world, great dude, head coach of BYU. I think Utah State's in the, headed in the right direction. I think it's a trap game for BYU. I think BYU wins it, but I think it's a touchdown or less. Okay, so nine and a half is good if with Utah State. anybody gives a fuck about the Mormons in the fucking middle of Utah, I don't know. That's the game you got to watch. We're, right? hey, we're, hey, the Mormon war is huge. Uh-huh. Oh, no doubt about it. Trust me, I... Oh, this is no, the Mormons, no. by the way. Yeah. Hey, we hey we understand. Listen, I heard the whole story. Listen, Austin Colley, good friend of mine. I'm on your side here. That book is crazy. And yeah. The murder at the Mormon. Bingo. Uh, we're on yeah. your guys' oh, side. Yeah. We're on your guys' side, even though there seemed to be some questionable shit going on over there. Yeah. yeah. All over the place. What are you talking about? It's crazy. We talk about Mormons and everybody's connection just goes down. It's wild. 
It's interesting how that works. Austin Collie's going to have to call in here and clear this up for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very bummed that just disconnected. Me too. Hey, it sounded like he had Utah State plus nine and a half. Maryland, what is the spread tonight for Maryland? Three and a half. Really? So just out? You guys are... Maryland's getting three and a half at home tonight against Iowa? Yeah. I'm a five team in the nation. That's low. Iowa's? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. You guys got got punter. From what I've heard. Oh, yeah. Tory Taylor is a absolute boot, and we need him because our quarterback stinks. Okay, Uh-oh. so you guys are the top five team in the country right yeah. now. Unbelievable defense. Unbelievable You guys defense. are winning old school football. Field position mm-hmm. with Tory Taylor. Yep. Defense gets some things. Hand the ball, the ball off. Yep. Okay, hey, a lot of people have won that way. Wow. They, like, tonight does seem like a little bit of a trap game. If they win tonight and then game day will probably be in Iowa City next week, if they can get past that one. We we could make the fucking playoffs. No yeah. way! Oh. Hey, well, JB, who is back, says you're not making it past Maryland tonight. What's going on? Great to have you back. We don't have time to chit chat about what went wrong. It was probably the Mormons. Let's move along. Utah State will cover nine and a half. Yeah, I got Utah State covering. Uh, I don't know what happened. Man. I had like a fucking ghetto ass uh, Wi-Fi search. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, I'm on my phone now, man. Uh, it looks good. I got all right. Arkansas is going to cover seventeen and a half versus Georgia. Hey, good team. I just think that is a great – I just think that uh, Arkansas is buying in. I think that it is a trap game for them. They can easily get blown out as well. But I think that they're bought in completely. And I think that uh, that 17-and-a-half to me is a very tricky spread for a team that, that handled Texas, that handled um, A&M. A&M. I mean, to be honest. So – but again, I believe this is the hardest time in the country, in the era of college football, in the BCS era, to pick games because of the parity of the transfer portal and how, right. how the parity hey, really don't is. Don't be self-handicapping here. 17 and a half. You got Arkansas plus 17 and a half at Georgia. Yep. Um, I think Baylor beats Ohio State. I mean, Oregon State. Okay. I mean, Oklahoma State. That's right. You wrote um, it down. Baylor, Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's minus three and a half. I think Baylor beats them. This is a tricky game to me. Wisconsin minus two versus Michigan. How the fuck did they come up with that one? I don't know. I think Michigan handles Wisconsin um, to go 5-0. and oh. Hey. Even though I'm not a Michigan. I think Michigan's very fucking shittily coached. I just don't think. Um, yes. I don't know. What did Harbaugh do to you? You don't like Harbaugh? Nah, me, me Harbaugh, Chip Kelly, uh... We don't we don't see eye to eye. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, I, I'll tell you off the air. There's a guy that I don't see eye to eye uh, even worse, but I ain't gonna say nothing because you've had him on. Uh, oh, okay. So, all right, all right, okay. Who could it be? I got I got upset. Another Gold upset. Gophers. I got Missis, uh, Mississippi State beating A and M. Mike Leach. I think A and M is very average. People don't realize they want to talk all that shit about Kevin Sumlin when he was at A and M. Him and uh, him and uh, your boy Jimbo Fisher have the exact same record after 40 games, by the way. 29 and 11. And they fired him, sent him on his way. They paid Jimbo fucking $10 million a year. Like, uh, yeah. It seems I mean, like there's some really, bullshit that happens out there, huh? People don't want to look at the truth, man. The truth don't lie. 29 and 11. Both fuckers are 29 and 11. Well, how the fuck's one get 2 million and get fired? The other one get 10 million and get hired. All right. Here's the guy. I, I got Louisville covering versus an undefeated Wake Forest. Uh, minus seven. Louisville's uh, uh, Wake Forest is minus seven. I got Louisville covering that. 
I got LSU beating Auburn outright. They're, Are you picking every team. fucking game? Are you picking every fucking game right now? Seriously, is that happening? Oh, I don't know. My bad. Which game you? Uh, I know you're waiting for one game, and I know the world is waiting for one game. So yeah. I'm trying to two. That shit I'm trying to say that at the very end and get the fuck off the goddamn camera. We're pretty uh, close. I got I got Boston College covering Clemson though, 14 and a half. Clemson should not be favored 14 and a half. Um. And I got Ole Miss covering 14 and a half for Alabama. Okay. And Cincinnati, Notre Dame. You got that? I got Notre Dame winning. All right. Ah, it's <laughs> hey, I, I got Notre Dame winning. <laughs> I, hey, I got another upset, though. People don't want to cheer. They want to know about um, K-State beats Oklahoma. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Coach JB. Yeah! Go! All right. That's the show. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Thank you to all of our guests for stopping by. If you haven't watched the season finale of Mr. Friday Night, Foxy's Flicks, check that out on YouTube. Doing a huge giveaway, cash, iPhones, Oculus, a bunch of different stuff. So if you haven't seen that yet, make sure you check that out. And enjoy the slate of games this weekend. Uh, should be another good one. We'll see you guys for Overreaction Monday. Cheers.